to Freaks and Creeks, the Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I'm James. And before we get started this week, we actually have some Capeside correspondence to get through because, drum roll please, <laughs> we are officially released. Yay! Ah! <laughs> so I guess, you know, first and foremost, thank you everybody who has listened so far. At this point, we are, uh, we have just released episode two, we're about to release episode three, and we are recording episode seven. So who knows when you'll hear this, but we really, really appreciate it. The response has been incredible so far. Um, we've gotten so many wonderful comments online, some great reviews from people like... Uh, Kelbell0026 or RWK970 or Good Grief Three Good Grief Thief who says new favorite podcast the nostalgia the banter the laughs keep these coming please and we intend to we've got six whole seasons to go through so uh, I think you've got 125 more episodes coming your way. <laughs> Um, in this, uh, I guess, section of our, of our show in the future, we hope to have more listener interaction. We'll read emails or inter- anything you all send your way. We also have some corrections to make as well. So Cody, I hear you have something you'd need to get off your chest. Yeah. I, I think before we start, um, I just want to say that the world's problems, uh, would be solved if human beings just admitted when they were wrong and, and not hold on and double down on when they're wrong. Instead, just realize when they're wrong and, and admit fault. And that being said, Steven Spielberg does have a sex scene in his mediocre Eric Bana thriller, uh, <laughs> Munich, uh, which uh, <laughs> has him having sex in an intercuts between that and the 1972 political assassination of Israeli Olympians. Uh, I would say... Not good, and I think that's probably why Spielberg um, should just stick to his broad mass <laughs> mass appeal blockbuster popcorn thrillers. Um, and then a friend of the show, Laura, pointed out that uh, the necklace that Dawson wears that we've all been mocking mercilessly was uh, created by James Vanderbeek's mom. Uh, f- for the show. Mm. So to that, uh, James Vanderbeek and family, we are deeply sorry. <laughs> and um, it looks great. It's a lovely necklace. It's a really nice necklace. You know, it's the, exactly the kind of necklace that somebody's mom would make for them. So I love that. I think it's adorable. And uh, we, we do apologize. Uh, Stella, did you, you know, spank Cody with like a film reel or something like that for getting his Spielberg sex stuff wrong? Yeah, you know... Um, in this relationship, I'm the film nerd. And when I realized that Cody had not noticed that there was a sex in a Steven Spielberg movie, I, I gave him a talking to. Did you pull his card? He no longer gets to have his, his movie nerd card in his wallet. That is correct. I can't talk about movies for a year now. Oh no. What's that, what's that going to do to our podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is our last episode. Uh, I actually have to uh, do a little bit of my own apologizing in our most recent episode that we have recorded episode six. 
Um, I revisited the subject of the opening theme that was originally written by Jan Arden called Run Like Mad. And I said, it is terrible. It is the worst song I've ever heard. I can't believe this was written for it. And I can't believe that this is uh, what like they had envisioned for the show. I really talked a lot of shit about it. And um, I have recently been doing some reading online and there are some very staunch defenders of this song and its place in Dawson's Creek's um, lore, universe, world. <laughs> so I would just like to say preemptively before I get any of those emails, because we are recording this a little while in advance from that release. I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's a, it's, It still is not a great song. I don't <laughs> think it matches the vibe of the intro credits at all, but I respect your decisions and I respect your opinions and um, I'm sorry. You never apologize for your taste. <laughs> I don't like that song either, but I love that people love Jan Arden and that song. That's great. Yeah, good for them. Well, does anybody have anything else they would like to say before we move on to the actual episode this week? Nope. I got nothing. Cool. All right. Well, then this week we are actually going to be talking about season one, episode seven, Detention. This episode was released on March 3rd of 1998, and the synopsis is the brewing conflicts among Dawson and his friends erupt during their detention. This episode was written by Mike White and directed by Alan Arkush, and I thought this was a great, great episode. What did you all think? How was the watch this week? I loved this episode. Um... Yeah, it was really weird uh, when when I watched it, it just like flooded back to me. Like this was one that I definitely remember from my childhood and remember thinking it was just like such a cool show as a kid. And um, so it was really fun just like having that nostalgia. Um, and overall, yeah, it was, it was such a great app. You know, loved Abby. Her energy was really fun and like a fun <laughs> way to kind of mix up and... Um, stir the pot a little bit, you know, and we'll get into that. Pot stirrer for sure. She is like everything that I've wanted this show to have. And mm -hmm. I like it. just the greatest antagonist the show could have is someone who is just outright evil. Like she is evil. She, there's like no redeeming qualities about her as a character. And, uh, but whoever, I don't know who, who's the actor that played Abby Morgan. Great we question. Have that info. Uh, cause she's amazing. Like she's, she's great. She's very charismatic. And I, I really enjoy watching her perform as, um, the Joker. <laughs> the end <laughs> of Dawson's Creek. Um, I am seeing that she was played by Monica Kina, mm -hmm. who went on to be in films such as Freddy versus Jason. <gasps> who does she play? Freddy or Jason? She, <laughs> I, that's a great question. I believe she played both of them at the same time. Oh my God. Have you seen that movie? I have. It's been a long time. Yeah. There's a part where, um, there's a stoner who gets killed by Freddie in his dreams and the stoner, um, thinks he's just really high and, uh, his, I, I believe if I'm remembering this correctly, his bong turns into a caterpillar creature <laughs> cool. that's like controlled by Freddie. Very scary. Hmm. No, thank you. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Too close to home. No, thanks. <laughs> Well, I too loved this episode, um, but I got to be honest, it made me hate the Cape Side High teachers. Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel like they should all be fired, <laughs> except for Mr. Gold. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk more about it later, but yeah, we just, the, the, the teachers we get introduced to in this episode are terrible. <laughs> they really, yeah, they, yeah. they really suck. They're impotent is <laughs> the, the word that I would use <laughs> to describe them. Um, 
yeah, I agree. This episode was so fun to watch. I loved the um, the different uh, like feeling that this episode had. You know, we're all in detention. We're all uh, you know we're going to get spanked by Mrs. Tringle. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I loved this episode though. Like uh, after watching it, I immediately watched Breakfast Club. Oh, haven't seen that movie in years, yeah. um, and I'm excited to talk about the parallels made in this episode. That's see. I loved this. I, th- I mean, I thought yeah. this episode was really great, but I, I hate, I hated the Breakfast Club template because uh. that movie's amazing. But it, this show was just like they didn't do anything with the template. Instead well, of like being subversive with it, mm-hmm. I just thought it was like just to, to, I don't know. I noticed some things aside. Not it's not really the template. I noticed some other like nods. I guess that mm. I'll be. Trying to point out, I don't know. I, I feel like it's like kind of different than that. The, the template is a different thing. So you're yeah. going to be sprinkling in some well, Breakfast Club lore. One the- one obvious one, and this this was probably more with about the template is like the clock. They keep showing the clock on the wall that we see throughout the episode right. through the mm-hmm. eight hours of detention. That's kind of like an obvious one. But I saw a few other things that hmm. I'm excited to point out. I don't oh, know. Oh, I mean, like that. That's why, <laughs> why I mean I don't yeah. like about it is um, instead of doing anything interesting with the Breakfast Club and like subverting our expectations of the tropes that are made in that movie, they're just like. Yeah, let's just do the Breakfast Club, mm. which is like where I'm like, ah, oh, like you yeah. could have done something interesting um, to change a little bit, but instead it feels like nostalgia baiting to me. Mm. True, <laughs> it it is very it is very referential to the yeah. point where it's almost like it's like a cover song of a of a TV <laughs> yeah, episode, yeah. which you know I I think they to Mouse Point I do think they do it. Uh, uh, it's been a long time. I will say full disclosure, it's been a long time since I've seen the Breakfast Club, so. For me, it was fun to kind of revisit it through the lens of Dawson's Creek because I was like, oh, <laughs> that's fun. But it's, you know, like I'm not as close enough to it to probably have any kind of issue with it. Yeah, but- or it's like um, I love The Breakfast Club. I'm not saying anything bad about The Breakfast Club. I think that movie is amazing and I, and I understand why they, they like used that. But it's like do do something original right. instead of doing something that's already been done <laughs> yeah. like, like I think that's the reason people yeah. love this ep- if oh, you look yeah. at like a list of like the top rated liked episodes of Dawson's Creek this is like second mm-hmm. so i think people loved it for that reason and but i think also maybe i don't know i guess it really depends on the age you were when you, if you were watching Dawson's when sure. it came out mm-hmm. but like yeah. um you know it could be a way to introduce people to the breakfast club you know people may have seen totally. that and not known what right. the breakfast club was you know i think me included mm. um so yeah, i don't know there's that i guess but it's it's <laughs> it's lazy like i think mike white is a great writer and i feel like this is the best writing the show has been but it's it's just lazy it's like i don't know like what's a well what better what better movie to reference for a detention episode than the breakfast club oh that's the what i mean essential detention movie <laughs> Right? But, no, I know. That's what I mean, though. It's like if yeah. uh, I'm saying, why not just not do a detention episode? Like, do True. do something new yeah. where you're yeah. forcing these characters to interact that isn't just borrowing right. 100% mm-hmm. from a great movie. And we're For still sure, in yeah. season one where we're in a limited release. We're only on 12 episodes instead of 24 episodes like they normally get in an order of TV. So why are they already scraping the bottom of the barrel? Yes. With, yeah. Is that kind of your point, Cody? Yeah. Well, like, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I... I get I I hear what you're saying, Cody, and that's fair. I think you, it, I, you did have your movie card taken away, though, so you can't <laughs> yeah, say yeah, done. you're out of here. <laughs> um, no, I think you know, like given the this the situation that we're in with these characters, we have all mm-hmm. this bubbling tension between yeah. all of them, and I think this was a good way 
to force them in a situation where they had to deal with a lot of their stuff yeah. that they... And I 100% totally. agree with you. Uh-huh. And? And I'm saying that they did it in the laziest <laughs> way possible. Okay. okay. Yes. Um, yes. Do, do something like, how about this? You want to get these characters to have the exact these interactions? Mm-hmm. Instead, do a field trip mm. and they're all in one bus and the bus breaks down. Totally. And so they're all forced to do Ooh, these Ooh, and then there can be that. a scarecrow that comes to life and starts eating all the children and it's like Jeepers <laughs> Creepers. <laughs> and that's Miss Tringle because I refer to her as a scarecrow throughout... All of yeah, those. this okay. episode has many, many um, elements of my uh, supernatural paranormal plot line mm. that I've been mm-hmm. developing, and I will be dropping those in through the rest of the episode. Excited to hear about that. I bet you are. Also, <laughs> I just feel bad for New York City after watching yeah. this episode. <laughs> it's just walking here, and all of a sudden this show is just shitting all over it. Yeah. Has everyone said what they need to say about their feelings? <laughs> oh, I also a big pet peeve of mine, and this is just personal, is I, I think like the overuse of needle drops in an episode is like, okay, now you're just like leaning on something to tell me how to feel. Sure. But the fact that we get needle dropped to the same song <laughs> over, <laughs> over and over and again. Over again Saturday. Me, oh, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Uh, <laughs> Like, unless you're, like, Wong Kar-wise, like, Chunking Express, like, don't do that. Don't just yeah. have the same song over and over and over again. It drove me nuts. brutal. And it got got to a point where I was like, is this humorous? Are they doing this to make me laugh? Because there are a couple <laughs> times where it's like, like, specifically, I'm just going to drop this now before we get to it, but it's the Joshua Jackson, the Ducks movies. They yeah. just let that sit there for a, for a good long, like, three or four seconds, and then they just... Saturday, it's not that. Hard. It's just like what the fuck. Uh, it feels like they're using it for hu- for like comedic effect at times, which I appreciate. But I agree, it's just like this is the one song they there's they played that song probably like a dozen times through through this episode. It's I wonder, if, <laughs> I wonder if they had to like they're all they're, they're all in you know production and they're like fuck we need a song that has Saturday <laughs> in it and they're like oh we don't have anything for free we're gonna have to pay royalties for it and they're like we gotta okay, make it work we're gonna milk this. <laughs> as much as we can. In our opening teaser, we're back in Dawson's room where, like a smooth-brained YouTube channel host, he claims the film that he and Joey are watching is far too unrealistic and turns it off, claiming that boys wouldn't drag race for a girl's attention. And Dawson shallowly proclaims that women only like romance. After a perfectly normal tickle fight, Joey drops a heteronormative (laughs) truth bomb that not only do guys like girls for superficial reasons, but it's the other way around as well. Joey then hits Dawson with a two-for-one by stating that if girls only like romance, why hasn't Jen slept with him yet? And more importantly, she points out that Pacey has bigger big boy muscles than him. So I know we've been tracking this movie opening stuff. Who knows what movie they were watching here? Oh, I do. Um, did a little research. They are watching The Hollywood Nights. Um, it was a 1980 mm. movie with Tony Danza, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Fran Drescher. Oh, the name <laughs> yeah. yourself. Is Hollywood yeah. Nights in the Shanghai Nights universe? Shanghai Nights, Shanghai <laughs> News, and then Hollywood Nights? They were trying to like pitch it as the third one, and oh. they just couldn't get funding for it. It's really Man, sad. Yeah, that's really brutal. I just searched for a while for like car racing scenes. And <laughs> found, found the matching one. Good job. Yeah, nice. Hollywood only, Nights. The only one I could think of was like Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, ah. I don't think it's that one. Interesting. Did anyone notice the yo-yos hanging from yes. Dawson's lamp? Big yo-yo cool. head. Pretty cool. A red one and a blue one. Whoa. <laughs> Were you guys into yo-yos in 1998? Because I'm trying to figure out when I got super into yo-yos. Was that 1998? Was that the- Do you do I- tricks? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
I wonder if this is backing up Dawson's episode one, Walking the Dog reference as he's talking about <laughs> masturbation because walking the dog a is yo-yo a yo-yo, yo-yo, yo-yo trick. <laughs> Maybe he's actually never masturbated before and he's just like, yeah, I get my yo-yo out and I walk the dog while watching Katie Kirk in the morning every, every, every morning. I really hope we get some scenes with him doing yo-yo tricks. That'd be so <laughs> Me cool. too. God, that would be the coolest thing ever. What are some other tricks? Uh, around the world. I remember right, that one. Around the world, oh, yeah. Is that one's like... You fling around. it down and you just yeah. spin it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think so. Oh, cradle? Cat, cat's oh, cradle? Cat's cradle. Cat's cradle, yeah. Okay, Cody, let's start a Yo-Yo Tricks spinoff podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, so has everybody, I mean, this scene felt really like just a slice out of everybody's life. Like we've all had that mounted tickle fight with our best friend forever, right? We've all been there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every friendship must be consummated yeah. with a tickle fight. <laughs> I believe it's in episode three of our podcast where I talked about how uh, me and a stranger have never locked eyes and wanted to have sex. But I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a big reveal moment of um, uh, listeners can hear me die uh, slowly inside. Uh, but what has happened in my life is I lock eyes with a stranger and I just know we're going to tickle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like one day we're just going to tickle each other while watching a movie. It's the only way to settle a disagreement for sure is just, you know, some people like to fight it out. Some people like to shout it out. Just tickle it out. You know, first to pee their pants loses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I captured a little slice of audio that I would like us all to take a listen to because this just reminded me of so much from growing up when we all did. What are you doing? I don't get this movie. Yeah, but we've been watching it for an hour and a half. I'd kind of like to know what happens. When movies get too unrealistic, it depresses me. I get a headache. I can't watch. Unrealistic? Dawson, your favorite movie is E.T. So? A fat-fingered alien who eats Reese's Pieces and flies around in a mm. bicycle? But the emotion is realistic. Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. I had so many friends who would say exactly that. Um. I did <laughs> notice um, two like E.T. stuffed animals. Like he had one in the bed and then one right above the bed. And the the one in the bed was sitting right between them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a really good movie. Yeah, it's great. It makes sense. Yeah. It is a good movie. Everyone should have a stuffed animal of their favorite movie. That's why I have the Xenomorph from Alien. (laughs) (laughs) This is our first New York mention. New York mention number one in this scene. Oh, that's right. Yep. When she says she's um, referring to Dawson liking Jim because she's from New York City. Can't resist. No. Mm. Um, going back to the tickle fight. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I I loved the moment when they stopped and like looked at each other. Like, mm. uh oh, we can't do this. Uh-oh. But all I could think of was like, oh oh, uh, did Dawson just get a boner? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yep. They both just look like in shock. <laughs> yeah. It, it it there was kind of that facial expression of like. What's suddenly wet and sticky? <laughs> Yummo tummo time. It's not ET. <laughs> Is that a fat fingered alien? <laughs> I feel, or are you just happy to see me? Uh, Another thing I noticed that after, right after the tickle fight, Joey ends up in that uncomfortable chair that Jen was sitting in. Mm. Oh, the, other, the, the shame chair. Yeah, the shame chair. Exactly. <laughs> but symbolically, it's the director's chair. Oh. So she has the power now. <laughs> Wait, was it? Um, the last episode we watched when the three of them yeah. were together. Yeah, movie night. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and we kind of thought maybe that it would mm-hmm. be the end of movie night yes. because of that right. situation. But right. here but we no, are. Here, here we, we are. are, yeah. We're back. Yeah. Maybe we're back. Um, 
Yeah, I I feel like the only other thing was like clearly there's a very intense thing happening with Dawson really wanting to have sex with Jen. Jen isn't having sex with Dawson. It's making him very insecure. It's like the overall theme in this episode. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah, insecure, but like threatened by Pacey, I guess, or like, I don't know. Okay. I think that starts with Joey mentioning that him he yes. has bigger biceps. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. my kind of question is like, you're right. This episode is, is especially this scene, is, is setting up this tension that exists, the sexual frustration on Dawson's part, his insecurities here. Do you think that those insecurities are naturally there? Or because it really seems like Joey is just sabotaging this relationship as much as she can because she is the one who is feeding him all of these insecurities. Mm. Like she is the one vocalizing all of these things. I don't I don't think it's intentional though. I think she's just like I mean, this is the thing that does not make sense for the character of Joey is that she's right 100% of the time with all these things because he is, um, he only thinks for himself and he's like in this, you know, such a weird little box that he's created for himself in thinking how human beings uh, are. But uh, she's always right. And I don't know if that is intentional because if she were to even, let's say this is intentional, right? And she is trying to sabotage his relationship with Jen. So she like, would she even want to end up like being with Dawson knowing all of these faults that it's not like she's going to try to, fix him they haven't really made that like a plot line i don't know what do you guys think do you think that she is doing this i think that well yeah what do you guys think do you think she's doing this intentionally or not no i haven't really thought about that i it kind of feels like it could be intentional but i don't know i don't know it it also could just be poking like they've known each other for so long that it's just like they're they're how they communicate with each other. Like she's right. poking front fun of him. I don't know if it's intentional, entirely intentional, or if it's just like her way of pointing to that, him teasing or, him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. The way I see it is, I think it is subconsciously intentional, but I don't think she's consciously yeah. choosing mm. to do anything. I think that just like we see in the last scene of this episode, she is working through some emotions that she doesn't even know how to articulate or really process. And, just like we see when she is arguing with Jen in the gym with with Abby there, she doesn't even seem to know that she's doing any of this stuff, but yet mm-hmm. it keeps happening. So I feel like it's almost kind of like really good writing because this feels very relatable to things that I've either seen happen to my friends who have crushes on my friends or, or, or feelings I've had where I'm like, why am I irrationally angry about this situation? Oh, it's because you're not doing the thing I want or I like you and you yeah. aren't reciprocating mm-hmm. those feelings back. And it's not until much later that I'm able to process that and actually understand what's going on. So I actually really like this detail. Yet again, Dawson's Creek has some of the best first scenes of of any show that we're watching. They lay out the plot so well and they they, you know, keep you guessing on where exactly the episode's gonna go. But once you get to the end, you're like, ah yeah, it was all laid out for me. I like it. <laughs> yeah, Dawson Creek has really good teasers so far. Um just like in comparison with other shows that were doing teasers like this. Or I guess like when did CSI start? That was like late nineties, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like that. It's just like you find the body and make a pun and right. then like that's put how your you sunglasses like, on. Yeah, and you put your sunglasses on or take them off in a cool way. Uh <laughs> th- this has done a lot of really good groundwork. Reminds me of Star Trek. That's a good show. Uh <laughs> They also have really good teasers. Uh, another thing that I think is really forward thinking about the sequence is the fact that Joey is like talking about uh, feminine sexuality in a way that is like, oh yeah, it's not just romance because that's what a 1950s movie right. would tell you. It's um, it goes both ways. Like people are shallow in the things that they find sexually attractive, and that's fine. Like it is what it is. Go yeah. Joey. 
After our intro credits, a sick-ass ska song reels us back to Capeside <laughs> High School, where in the halls we see new series antagonist and Joker, Abby Morgan, drop a bunch of stuff, making her late to history class, where we find Joey giving a very thoughtful presentation on Japan. Human hot dog Grant <laughs> leads the boys in harassing her over a segment on Shogun sex lives. She hits the hot dog where it hurts by claiming he has a low IQ. So I think that moment where Abby drops the items out of her purse... Um, I think that's a bit of a nod to our, might be our first nod to Breakfast Club. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So in the Breakfast Club, John Bender, who is kind of the imp character that Abby is in this episode, um, he asks Claire why she has so much shit in her purse. And then he inspects all of the items, you know, per- perfume, blush, lipstick. Um, and then she says she never throws anything away. And in that same scene, Allison, who's the outcast, uh, also purposely spills everything out of her purse. And the guys ask her if she's always like if she always carries that much. So I think that was like kind of like mm. their way of that nod to it's interesting. this club. I didn't even notice that that was Abby in that moment. Yes. I genuinely just thought like, who's this random girl and why is she dropping all of her stuff? Like it felt yeah. like a, a recognizable nod to and, 80s teen dramas. But yeah, I think it was a great way of introducing her as the person who's going to shake things up for the group. Mm. It's like, oh, this like, look at this person, you know. Yeah. yeah, I also just love the um, <laughs> those students like running in different directions. Yeah. It's like it's supposed to be really chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, look, you you all know me. You know me. You know what I'm gonna say, but I don't think you know what I'm gonna say. But you know what oh. I'm gonna say here. <laughs> Abby is an agent of chaos. All right, she is not just some normal teen in Capeside. As we know, there are all sorts of crazy supernatural entities here. I do not think that Abby is a vampire, though. I think that Abby is a succubus. Yeah. Some yeah. kind of hell totally. demon. Because she is all about anarchy. And if anybody has ever played Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons or read any of the Forgotten Realms lore, you know that agents of hell are all about chaos. And that is Abby to a T, as we're describing right now, this her introductory scene is chaotic. She drops all of her shit on the floor because she is totally just flying by the seat of her pants. And everything we see about her in this episode, she is just trying to stir the pot, make people go crazy. And what else does a succubus do than get inside your head and make you go crazy? So I think it is mm-hmm. irrefutable. I'm just so excited because we have like 120 episodes left of this show. Like, I can't wait for a character to fall in love with Abby and oh, I know. know what that relationship yeah. is. Mr. Drinkle be. got really there, there close. Be- <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's crazy. I love it. Love her. Uh, in the classroom, mm-hmm. this fucking teacher, man, um, it, I felt very, very angry. Like, the teacher's just like, Grant. Point. He's pointing. <laughs> Grant, you stop it. He doesn't even say stop it. He just says Grant like twice. God, I yeah. know. <sighs> and this Grant is being such a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know if you've heard the news, but boys will be boys. That's true. It's just locker uh, and room talk. He runs talk. the school, you know. Uh, yeah, he is. He's a according to Abby, he's a fox. <laughs> he's the king of this school, as Abby calls it. I think he's a vampire, personally. <laughs> it might not surprise anybody, but look at him. He clearly knows he's above the law. There's nothing anybody can do to him. This poor, pathetic human 
I mean, he is, you talk about Grant being a human hot dog. This man is a human hot dog. This teacher, the only thing he can say is Grant's name. I'm confident that's the only thing he knows how to say. Grant, But then he just watches Grant just completely interrupt Joey's entire presentation. Okay, you want to sexually harass her? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it's not only just interrupting her project. It's, yeah, being really sexist. Well, of course, yes. Yeah, it's just very... Inappropriate and okay. Put yourself in that teacher's shoes. <laughs> oh the teacher's gosh. like, okay, like I could let Joey continue, but Grant's really cool. Like, what if he says something really funny? Yeah, I want to know what he's gonna say. Mm. Plus, yeah. he's wearing You're that, right, honey. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing that Letterman's jacket. So, I mean, he's so cool. cool. All right, Grant's You're, cool. Teachers, teachers drool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And like, I mean, like, no one really cares about, like, the history of another country. I want to know what Grant has to say. Yeah. And I, the only reason I care about history and culture of other countries is, like, who gets to have sex with all the women? Am Concubines, I right? baby. <laughs> Anyone else uh, have a high school experience like this? Oh, man. <laughs> God. I mean, no. I definitely remember these, like, the the forced presentations that you would mm-hmm. do in class where yeah. it's like, okay, everybody, we're doing Eastern uh, post World War Two <laughs> Eastern European history. Everybody get to you get to make a presentation, and then it's just like. So I remember that, but I don't remember um, being interrupted to be mocked. Yeah, and the, the teacher just letting it happen. Exactly. I, <laughs> the teachers were generally pretty like on making sure that you, you weren't getting bullied in front of the entire <laughs> yeah. class. Yeah. Dawson snakes his way through the halls, eyes burning as he catches Pacey and Jen chit-chatting about how, at one point in Dawson's life, he had been called Oompa Loompa by Mm. his peers. Luckily, our toxically enraged titular hero didn't hear this. When pressed, (laughs) Pacey denies everything while dipping from the scene. Jen goes on to complain about school, which Dawson ignores to give her an empty compliment. She brings up the idea that they should do something crazy that weekend and leaves. (laughs) I felt um, confused about, like, why Pacey was being kind of an asshole to Dawson. Like, we haven't really seen that. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, didn't you hear? They're reinventing his character from here on out. I mean, (laughs) They've, like, completely changed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was, I thought it was weird, though, because we haven't really seen that kind of dynamic between the two of them. Oh. Um, We really haven't seen them compete yeah. At all in any mm-hmm. like in any environment, it's very out of the left field. It feels like yet again this show just making wild character choices and then being like, well, everybody's gonna just be hip hip to our lingo, right? They're just gonna pick this up. This really felt like Pacey was rewritten. This like yeah. they were just like, oh, we uh, we screwed the pooch on this one with this character uh, for giving him a plot line that kept him out of this show for so many episodes. Right. That's like now we get to introduce the world to Pacey. And that's it's like, whoa, this is yeah. I mean, right. it was startling. You're right. Like it's just like totally out of left field. Back to the music. Um, we didn't mention the first ska song. Yeah. It continues into this scene, but it, it started in um, scene two with Abby dropping her contents, the contents of her purse. But um, I wanted to make a connection with uh, Jen's outfit here in this scene at the lockers. Um, 
She's wearing a mod navy blue dress with offset lime green polka dot grid pattern, which mm. is very, it's like kind of like ska. Ska yeah. style is very like yeah. mod based on like 60s. So I think this was like a little bit of a Interesting. pool. So she's a ska head? Yeah, she jerk I mean, dances. A little, I just <laughs> like that combo that they, that like costuming had with the music and, you know, it's yeah. like we're going to put her in kind of a mod outfit with her mint green cardigan and yeah. <laughs> yeah, she would go to the Warp Tour in 98. <laughs> I love ska music. I hate third wave ska and therefore I hated <laughs> yeah. this. It was like exactly what I did expect from a 90s TV show though that is going to choose to in- include ska music. It's either going to be Real Big Fish <laughs> yeah. or it's going to be something like this. And we got this and at least they're sharps, right? They're, they There's a line, I don't know if anybody went on to listen to the actual song. Actually, I know we did because before <laughs> we recorded, we did listen to it like three times. Um, but they, they talk about... Uh, um, going out and uh, uh, going against racists, which, hell yeah, way to go. At least it's a song with a message, but it does suck really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like an actual Scott Punk song. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just want to say uh, Oompa Loompas aren't green, they're no, orange. Yes, yeah. you're right. Drives me insane. I noticed but they that do too. wear green. They have green they have hair. Hair. They're orange, but with green hair, I noticed that as well. Pacey, oh uh, he mixed that up. Pacey <laughs> um, generally uh, continues being the worst character of the show, right? <laughs> no change. <laughs> well, for me, it's like I was thinking the writers' room. Like, if it if it was a conundrum, they're like, shit. Like, how do we like actually integrate Pacey into yeah. this world now and like get people to be on his side? It's like, oh, you you make your main character beat him within an inch of his yeah. life. Like, totally. yeah, like oh, it's like now everyone feels bad for Pacey. Right. Even if he's obnoxious this episode, it's like, oh and shit. And with the wild character shift we get, he ends up somewhere between where he starts this episode and where he ends last episode. Yeah. So as a viewer, we're like, we have no idea where he's, he's going, <laughs> but our palette has been reset for Pacey. We all, I think, I'm, I'm curious to talk about this more later, but I feel like by the end of this episode, we all go from being like, man, Pacey's a fucking shithead to, oh man, Pacey's kind of got a, Got it rough. Like yeah. you view, you feel just a little bit sorry for him by the end of this episode. Totally. Did anyone else think Jen's suggestions for weekend activities were just like wild? Go <laughs> Wildly naked out, like or something? River rafting or jump out of a plane naked. And then Dawson's response was like, okay. Like that was normal. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like that that seems like a thing we do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> One or the other. Rafting or, or jumping out of a plane naked. <laughs> like are we in the middle of a manic episode here? That's all I was thinking about. I was like, okay, whoa. This is a very, like, where is this coming from? Jen that has not been random. like a particularly wild child <laughs> up until this point, despite hinting at it back in her New York life. So She goes skydiving a lot in New York? Well, she doesn't say skydiving. She just says Jump jumping out of a plane. Out of a plane. Naked. So That's I think true. she's like, yeah. do you want to start a suicide cult? <laughs> I'm ready right now. <laughs> I think she's just looking to feel something. I mean, totally. she talks about how uh, all of the teachers hate her. She feels like everyone, I mean, she has like that big monologue at the end of this episode right. about mm-hmm. like how <laughs> Dawson is a godsend. But uh, like, God, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, that's gross. But she just needs like something extreme to feel again yeah. because everything that she's feeling now is awful. Whenever mm-hmm. I'm sad, I skydive naked. So Yeah. yeah. While listening to Elliot Smith. Yeah, I just listened to uh, the ska song on repeat. <laughs> Stupid. Also, just, you know, we see this a lot in the next couple scenes, but uh, just Dawson is just dripping with insecurity. Mm-hmm. What did you and Pacey talk about? Mm-hmm. What were you laughing about? Are you sure you don't remember? And mm-hmm. it it's uh, very unattractive. Yes. 
super manipulative. Yeah, like, very mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. He manipulate he tries to manipulate Jen, but then gives up on it. But then in their next scene, so easily manipulates Pacey that it's actually frightening yep. for me. I'm like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, this yeah. guy is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. In the boys' locker room, Pacey complains to Dawson that it's far too distracting the cheerleaders do the splits during PE, as if he's the conservative ghoul, Pat Robertson. <laughs> Dawson switches gears, interrogating Pacey with reverse psychology tactics, forcing out the truth. Pacey and Jen have been discussing the Oompa Loompa subject. Dawson shoves Pacey, who then moonwalks out of the locker room with double peace signs and a soulful peace, brother. Yeah. Real quick, uh, did anyone notice the lockers? Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it looks like, like there vomit. was vomit. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like the I think it was by. rust, but yeah, my initial thought was is there puke on the lockers? <laughs> we'll go yeah. cool. Glad I'm not the only one. It's for any <laughs> rational person that's ever in the locker room and having to hear Pacey talk yeah. about women being distracted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also like the line hey, I don't talk trash, I recycle it. <laughs> yeah, this show is like trying to make Pacey so cool. <laughs> no. Peace, brother. Pretty He's cool. super good. Basketball. Uh, yeah. He dances cool. Yeah, it's definitely trying to play into like the cool 90s guy trope, mm-hmm. right? He's got all the witty one-liners mm-hmm. and peace, brother. And like he, I don't know. I I, I, um, I thought that I couldn't dislike Pacey more after what we've seen from him in the last couple episodes, but this episode proved me wrong because I actually now just hate Pacey so much if this is the way he acts because he's insufferable. Like, uh, just the way that he taunts Dawson about everything here. Stella, you mentioned it. Like, where is this coming from? What the fuck is going on, Pacey? Like, we get it. Your whole life is collapsing, but isn't Dawson, like, your one friend? (laughs) Everybody else fucking hates you. <laughs> well, here's here's my perspective on it. Like, I I don't like Pacey, but I now I'm starting to understand Pacey. We know his entire family of fifty; they're all cops, and they all hate him. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He was just in a very bizarre sexual relationship with an adult, and uh, at the end of this episode, he has that monologue about how he feels completely empty in, yeah. inside, mm-hmm. and he's a, a void. So I, I think he's doing what every boy does and what I certainly did in high school, whereas I take all my depression and anxiety and I deflect with bad jokes. Totally. And I, you know, that's just what Pacey does. And he doesn't, and he's also like that competition thing. He's just mm-hmm. like being an angry, aggressive boy where he's like, I don't know how to understand, uh, you know, these emotions that I have. So and I, I'm going to deflect, I'm going to make bad jokes and I'm going to try to compete with everyone around me. The only problem mm-hmm. I think with that is that um, we've known this character for <laughs> six previous episodes and now this is like all new yeah. uh, out of nowhere. Yeah. I feel for him. I don't like him, but I'm like understanding his psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I guess what's interesting is Joey kind of is doing the same thing. She's acting out based off of emotions that she doesn't understand. Pacey's acting out with, because of emotions that he doesn't understand or process. And maybe that's yet another parallel, yet another um, you know foreshadowing of their got-to-be relationship that is going to happen. Um, but it's interesting because I excuse it completely for Joey. I'm like, oh, man, I fucking feel for you. Pacey, I'm just like, God, this guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like uh, the difference is Joey's never disgusting. Yeah. And Pacey is. Everything mm-hmm. that he says is at the expense of someone else. Joey doesn't really joke around. I mean, she's just like, I don't know, a goof. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She's not mean like him. 
Speaking of conservative ghouls, health teacher Mr. Pickering is yammering to his class that assisted suicide is immoral and sinful. Jen, being one of the few moral beacons in this series, argues against that bootlicking slug, <laughs> resulting in her use of one of the forbidden curse words, bitch, which lands her in Saturday detention. Okay, Saturday. What? <laughs> no! that hard. But what is wrong with this teacher? This teacher is yeah. worse than the previous yes. teacher. He's the worst. Jen raises her hand. Yeah, he calls on someone who's not raising ignores, his hand. Ignores, ignores her. her yeah. Calls on someone who's not raising his hand. He who has nothing to say, nothing of substance. And, and then he when says, Jen, I have what he says. Yeah. Can I play this oh, yeah. clip right go, now? Go for it. So as he ignores her, and then Jen speaks up, the teacher then comes back with, Miss Lindley. I don't know how they run classrooms in New York City, but here at Cape Side, you raise your hand until called upon. When he had just called upon someone who wasn't raising his hand yeah. and Jen was just trying to contribute to the discussion. I wish that this is a video <laughs> podcast because I, I'm going to find a way to get this into your audio, actually. So stare at your phone really hard right <laughs> now because the face of the kid that this teacher calls oh, on yeah. <laughs> is hilarious. I laughed so hard when I saw it. We'll post it on our Instagram um, it was, it was just great. It was like, you know, it's, I don't know if anybody else fell asleep in class, but it was that kind of moment where you're like, you fell asleep in class. The teacher calls and you're like, whoa, um, uh, uh, 1987. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we also get two different mentions of New York city in this scene. Yes, we yep. do. So that's three so far. The other one is, um, probably my favorite piece of lore that this show has introduced about anything, let alone it being vampires or real world. Let's take a listen. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to say that for someone... This in- is not Times Square, Miss Lindley. We don't use that kind of language here. <laughs> <laughs> you can only say the word bitch in Times Square, all right, people? <laughs> you will be taken... You'll be prosecuted if you say that anywhere outside of Times Square when you're in New York City. This uh, this whole scene had me LOLing. Um, Wait, what does that stand for? <laughs> laugh out loud. Um, uh, I is it? Are you allowed to say like so the God, the teacher says life is God's most mm-hmm. precious mm-hmm. gift or whatever? Um, are you allowed to say that as like a, a teacher in a public school? I don't think so. Back in the nineties, anything, <laughs> anything goes. Anything goes. Okay. You could have sex with your child. I mean, <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I also thought this was kind of like sad because it, she's kind of speaking from the perspective of watching her grandfather, who's basically yeah. on his, like, possibly yeah. on his deathbed. And okay, like, I just uh, before suffering. before yeah. you move on too quickly, I do need to correct. Oh. I don't think you could have sex with your child in the nineties. <laughs> you could have sex with your student in the nineties. Okay, um, yes. sorry. Thank you. Thanks mm-hmm. for that. Thank you. Before we got emails, I needed to get that out. <laughs> I uh, I was raised an evangelical Christian, uh, which is a cult, and I had to go to an evangelical Christian school from kindergarten to eighth grade. And let me tell you, every teacher sounded exactly like this. I believe and it was it. a nightmare. The yeah. Earth, six thousand years old. Uh, science, evil. Uh, all of wow. that. So it's like <laughs> this was just like wave after wave of just like trauma that I try to keep yeah. deep down inside of a teacher being like, you are wrong. Catholics so, do go to hell. So were you like Jen speaking up against the teachers? No, I, uh, cause it would get you in trouble. Yeah. I got sent to the principal's office for wearing a Nirvana t-shirt. Whoa. So it's like, you can't, you couldn't do anything mm-hmm. in that school. But, wow. um, 
uh, Catholics going to hell thing. That is a true story. I remember um, <laughs> our teacher, this is so wild. Our teacher said, um, raise your hand if you're Christian. So like we're at a Christian school, so everyone raises their hand. And then she goes, uh, if you're, um, uh, raise your keep your hand raised if you're a Catholic. And uh, there were like four kids that kept their hands up. And yeah. she goes, you're going to hell. Wow. What? Yeah. Wow. Wild. That's what I, man, I didn't realize that I had an inspiration because that's all I want to do to children is tell them that they're going to hell. Yeah, it's wild. Wow. That's what teachers are hired for. <laughs> well, apparently in Cape Side, yes. I feel like we're getting a really um, good look at what life in Cape Side is like. If this guy who's a teacher in Cape Side High, like he's not the singular person who thinks like this in this town, you know? Well, yeah, I was going to say something about that. Like I... um couple things. One, when I think about the East Coast, um, I don't know. I feel like people usually think about it as like a liberal area. Yeah, um, yeah. So I found that kind of surprising. Like, obviously, we have Gran, who's a racist. Um, right. And then this this other teacher who is very religious. And so I'm, uh, are we trying to set up that this, this whole town is conservative or they're just like, you know, some older people that you know, have right. these. Mm-hmm. It's boomer liberals. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. I mean, it goes along with what Joey has complained about so far that she says everyone, you know, t- talks in rumors about her family and everyone talks behind her back. And just because her, uh, I mean, like her soon to be brother-in-law is, is a black man. And that's right. like the talk of the town. So it's like, Oh, of course they're going to have teachers that are saying assisted suicide is wrong. We need to protect babies and shit like that. I mean, it mm-hmm. makes sense. Cape Side. Yikes. Wonderful place. Also just love everyone's reaction when Jen says, uh, life's not a gift, it's a bitch. Everyone's like, <gasps> how dare you? <laughs> so do we think that she's talking about her grandpa in that moment? Well, yeah, oh, that's what I was saying. She's, she's speaking from the perspective of having a, a family member, a close family member who is in that situation where he's suffering. And, you know, I, that's what I think. I think she's speaking from that perspective guaranteed yeah. conversation that she oh, wants yeah. to have with Grams. Yeah. I don't know if she will ever have that conversation, but mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that dude must be in pain. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it's not played. It, it could, that moment could have been played for so, so much more impact and it, it gets almost mm-hmm. lost, which is nice because it makes you think about it. But yeah, it, I, I feel like that's a conversation that I hope we get to see with with her family that I know we probably will never get to see. Human hot dog Grant reappears in the cafeteria to cut Joey in line for his daily hambo fillings. He equates himself to the Japanese shoguns of a report and says she can either be a servant or a concubine. Like Robert Pattinson's recent turn as the Batman, she pummels him mercilessly to the ground. And says, neither. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys want to hear some good... Yes. <laughs> yes. I loved this Joey moment. Me too. It's kind of like your report. Excuse me? We're like the Shoguns. In this school, it's like our castle. Whatever we want, we get. Oh, really? You can either be my servant or my concubine. So what it'll be. Oh! Oh! Neither. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Ah. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> he accidentally played. Uh, you got that to look forward to later. Um, I love those '90s uh, sound effects for punching. They're so cool. Very intense. <laughs> I I wish that you guys yet again I wish this was a video podcast because all four of us were doing sassy eyebrows and head shakes <laughs> and shoulder rolls at any time the human hot dog was speaking there because he just oozes this like cocked eyebrow energy. I don't know how else to describe it. It's the DreamWorks animation phase. Ah, I really yes. hope this is the last we see of Grant. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I love I this character. Oh, no. I hope he sticks around just so they could beat him up every yeah. episode. God, yeah. <laughs> Maybe him and Abby end up together. Oh. Mm. Um, I just realized that uh, I can't remember what episode we talked about this, but like um, wanting to see some of the dynamics of like our core group of four with other people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I feel like this was kind of like a, a little indication of like, okay, so we have these jocks and yeah. – um you know, our our group isn't really like affiliated with them at all, which isn't like that much of a surprise. But mm-hmm. um I was shocked to find out that Dawson isn't one of the coolest kids in school. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just I really enjoyed seeing the inter- interaction between Joey mm-hmm. and and him, and just like her being able to stand up to him, which is like something I don't think we see a lot of in mm-hmm. in a lot of like high school shows or movies. Yeah, it was cool to see her stand up for herself and not let this disgusting person talk to her that way. He I, also, he tossed her hair behind her back. Yeah. So he, like, tossed, oh, touched yeah, her. Yeah. You know, yeah. that disgusting. was just like, ugh, ugh. Did anyone else know what, I looked it up, but at the time I had no idea what a hambo was. I don't Do you know, know what it is. It's a hamburger, right? No, it's a ham, it's a hot ham and cheese sandwich. Ugh, mm. Why is it hot? Why not? Have you not had a hot ham and cheese? <laughs> What's the, I mean, why is it specifically hot? That's my question. Like a grilled cheese with ham, I guess. Sure. I guess I think it has a specific type of bread. Oh, okay. um, mm. Yeah, and then the other items were ham, were fish sticks, and mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh my god! Noticing the, the food options that they had at their lunch. Mm. You know, Hambo. Yeah. <laughs> Hambos. Poisoning America's yeah. children. <laughs> well, Joey was like. Fish sticks, I guess. That's when they asked her what she wanted. Man, I just thought hambo was a new cool way to say hamburger. Yeah, yeah me too. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Watching this show, I was like, hambo sounds awesome right now. <laughs> now it doesn't sound very good at all. Oh. As a means to reinforce his masculinity, Pacey pleads with Dawson for a game of one-on-one basketball during PE class. Their cinematic duel of the fates closes as Pacey crushes a poor sport Dawson and does the unthinkable, calls him an Oompa Loompa. <gasps> as revenge, Dawson throws the basketball at roughly 10,000 miles per hour uh, right at Pacey's face. As the cheerleaders swarm Pacey to make sure his facial structure hasn't disintegrated, the PE teacher gives Dawson Saturday detention. So now we, we know that Joey has detention, mm-hmm. Jen has detention, and Dawson has detention. Yeah. For those of you keeping track at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What could happen next? I don't know, but I'd like to thank this show for giving me this sound clip. <laughs> that is the sound of Pacey getting smacked in the face <laughs> by the basketball. I love what you did with that last chair. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Pacey and the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Got yeah. to experience that one. 
Yeah, what do you think? Did they just use like a dodgeball in that? Because it was really bouncy. It hit him. real. Yeah, no, it hit him. Oh, he's definitely getting hit in the face. I just don't think he's getting hit in the face with a basketball. Despite it looking like one. Because that would fuck you up. Like, it would hurt you to get hit with a basketball that that? hard. It's got to be like a bounce. Did anyone do like a frame by frame? Is it actually Joshua Jackson? Or did they get some Mm. poor stunt kid in? I I did I tried to and I think it was him but that's a good point. Hey kid, we'll pay I you mean, twenty bucks. Maybe the yeah. hit itself was someone else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we are gonna go ahead and take our first commercial break here. Uh, we will be back after these messages. Hey everyone, just wanted to thank you for listening. It really means a lot to us. If you're enjoying the show, consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Or if you've already subscribed, go ahead and give us a rating. It only takes a few seconds and it can make a huge difference for our show. So thanks in advance. Back to the show. And we're back. As Dawson and Jen stroll the detention, like every man who has ever done anything wrong, he says that neither of them deserve to be there. Jen rattles his memory of when he threw a basketball at Pacey's face, to which Dawson blames Pacey, the victim, for having an attitude problem. Jen says she thought Dawson had more control over his animal instincts, opening the door for Dawson to kiss her awkwardly before they head to the library. Um, I don't really have anything to say about this scene, except that Dawson is a fucking idiot for thinking that he doesn't deserve to be in detention. Yeah. Yeah, what? If if out of all of them, he deserves to be there the most. <laughs> he yeah, assaulted yeah. a student. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so did oh, Joey. Joey but, yeah, yeah. but Joey yeah, had a Joey, right. Yeah. Joey. I would say of all of the characters that are in detention, Dawson is the only person who actually deserves to be That's, there because yeah. Joey was only responding to <laughs> harassment, basically. Mm. And as we'll find out about Pacey, I don't necessarily think that that's a detention-worthy offense. And then Abby just being... Anyway. Um, Yeah, I don't know if we want to get into this right now, but did any of you guys have detention like this or get detention in general? I definitely got detention. I was trying to think... I I do remember weekend detention being a thing that would you'd be threatened with, but I don't... I never did it, and I don't know anybody who did, so I'm almost like... Was this just one of those like urban legends that mm-hmm. people would talk about at school? Like, oh, because what's what are they going to do if you're like, oh, I, I can't, I have a job or any type of activity that keeps me from being available to spend eight hours in detention? Like, what yeah. do they do? Do double de- double detention you? <laughs> yeah, I, I never did detention, but I feel like this is a exaggeration of what it might have been. Like eight hours on a Saturday, maybe, maybe there were Saturday detentions that were you know five hours or four hours, but. Eight hours. It's <laughs> long. Yeah, it seems like a long time. Yeah, especially for like the reason that they're all there. Mm. Seems like a big. Yeah, because I, mean, I remember like in in middle school, people getting detention for like lunch, you know, or like right or after just like after school detention. Yeah, yeah. Right eight hours seems like a yeah. long time. Yeah. I I mean, I guess like they're. It's the librarian who has to come in and do it, which also feels like. <laughs> How yeah. is that f- isn't that a punishment for her too? But yeah. but like, yeah, it's a full day on the weekend. Is I guess overtime. Oh, did, you, did you ever have detention? I had detention every week of high school. Yeah, I I mean I skipped a lot of classes. I never cared about anything, and uh, yeah, I had, I had detention all the time, uh, but never eight hours on a Saturday. And then I mean that 
brings up the question that you're talking about. Like, why is the librarian the one that has, is forced? It seems like a labor issue unless she is getting paid time and a half or something for going over 40 hours a week. And yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This country does not care about teachers. But I mean, how cool would it be if you were getting paid to go and watch TV for eight hours? Because <laughs> that's all she was doing. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I told the story yet about my detention uh in high school, but we would go to this like little cubicle room and you'd have to sit there at, uh, when school got out and you just had to like wait there for an hour and by um, yourself, by yourself. Yeah. Wow. And, but, but like you had an iPod. So it was like, right. whatever, I'm just like going to go listen to music yeah. for an hour. Um, but there's this one kid that I wasn't really friends with, uh, but I, I didn't know too much of about, he was just like some like popular kid, but he was super funny. And I remember going in and he was like, don't mess with my marks. And I was like, what does that mean? And I went in and he had taken like a, like a knife or like a key or something. And he was scratching in uh, like marks like you would do in prison to count how many times he had been <laughs> in detention. <laughs> I thought that was wow. so funny. What a uh, badass. Funny. Did he have a chain wallet by chance? Oh, he was 100% <laughs> joking. Like he knew it was a joke. He just yeah. thought it was funny to make it seem like that. Question funny. still stands. Did he have a chain wallet by chance? <laughs> <laughs> no chain wallet. Dawson and Jen are surprised by Pacey, who uh, faces Saturday detention and is being tight-lipped about his incarceration. Nemesis and all-around baddie Abby Morgan joins in, <laughs> and the shoulder-padded scarecrow librarian Mrs. Tringle gives the group a detention rules rundown as Joey arrives late. When Tringle dips, Abby tours the table, stripping everyone of their dignity with low-blow insults. Jen once again uses the forbidden curse word, <laughs> as a descriptor for our detention roastmaster Abby. I just, yeah, but before anyone says anything, did anyone notice a certain poster in the background that said read? No. No. <laughs> there is a, I, I don't know what campaign this was, uh, but in the 90s, kind of like Got Milk, there uh-huh. was one for libraries and it would have a celebrity on the poster with their favorite book and it would say read oh. really big. And the one that they had in their library was Nicholas Cage. Oh, <laughs> what? Okay, God, we're going to cool. find this for the, for the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's him holding a copy of Siddhartha. Yeah, wow, awesome. of course That's it's amazing. Siddhartha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when I was like, uh, I had forgotten about this image. Uh, it's so funny, but I looked and you can still buy the poster. Wow, <laughs> cool. Oh my I kind of want to buy it. Yes. If we ever get a... Um, podcast studio we have to yes. oh, yeah. absolutely all the got milk, got milk poster yeah. read poster <laughs> um so one of my first thoughts was that i thought it was weird that uh like dawson and jen and pacey don't know that they all like have detention together like when yeah. joey walks in they're surprised when they see pacey they're surprised like wouldn't mm-hmm. they have all well they'd be surprised about pacey because no- nobody knows what happened with him. That but makes sense. But, but you're saying you'd think they would have had this talk. Yeah, they would have right. like seen each other throughout like the day Friday night or Friday yeah. even, afternoon. True. Yeah. Or like the fact that Joey like hit like the most popular guy in school, like everyone would have talked about well, that. But whatever. maybe, well, Dawson probably wouldn't have seen Pacey because they were kind of fighting. So maybe. It's kind of, it's like the magic of 90s yeah. TV of no one has cell phones. And totally. so it's like, if you don't hear about something from somebody else, you just don't know. It's not like they're texting each other or anything like that. So Usually I give the show a lot of flack for people <laughs> not communicating between scenes, mm-hmm. but this is the only time where I'm like kind of giving a little leeway because it's just like, yeah, Pacey and Dawson aren't talking to each other. Yeah. So I, I don't and, Like Dawson and Jen probably hung out, so they know why they're each in detention, but they maybe didn't see Joey and 
and then no one knows why Pacey's there. So. Yeah, and it seems like Joey is kind of like I don't kind know, of on, out, out there. Own. Yeah, yeah, in this episode. Yeah, I feel like this show, especially the last couple of episodes, we have um, pointed out multiple instances of it just having very convenient writing. And I feel like this show is just fully embracing the, why is any of this happening? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, because it's kind of like that. that is the vibe that this episode gives me specifically around this. The last thing we see is stuff going on in school and then all of a sudden we're back. I, I didn't really process that it was the next day or that it, we're at mm-hmm. Saturday detention. I'm just like, oh, we're still in school. Oh, no, it's actually a day later. Oh, and things have changed. Do the song. Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> uh, you know, in uh, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, when um, Heath Ledger's Joker crashes that party and he's right. walking around mm-hmm. and he has like... I wonder I got these cars. Yeah. Is uh, that Abby? That reminds yeah. me of Abby just walking around <laughs> totally. the table and everyone's just like quivering there and she's like, wow, look at you. Yeah. I, <sighs> I loved this introduction of Abby because I, I immediately after watching Breakfast Club thought, this is like, she's John Bender. She's she's mm. this chaotic, the rebel, but also she's kind of also Claire in from Breakfast Club. She's kind of playing those two. If you, if you watch it, it kind of, I don't know, I just that's what I saw there. And she's also wearing a plaid jacket with red, which is what Bender's yeah. wearing in mm. Breakfast Club. And yeah. Is there a juicy oh. fruit thing? Yes, juicy yeah. fruit placement. Also her makeup, we get the 90s blue eye shadow. It's, I think this is the first time we've seen that. But that was a very popular makeup look. Um, and she's constantly applying lipstick throughout the episode. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she has quite an entrance and I, I thank her for giving us this line. Oh, great. It's howdy doody time. <laughs> Which I'm going to be <laughs> using all the time. Whenever I find something fun. But to your point, Cody, yeah, this is, um, Abby says so much in this scene. She has so many lines. And uh, I just clipped this little nugget here because I feel like this properly captures her essence. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get the, okay, Miss Big Apple? Oh, I missed that. New York mentioned number four. (laughs) I love it. I love her face acting. It's great. She's definitely, I feel like she got cast <laughs> so because of her, yeah. the way that she can yeah. physically emote these lines out. I also thought it was silly that she called Pacey's nose a beak. Yeah. It seems very. All sorts like, of nose puns in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, the nose well, is uh, is a traditionally uh, phallic image in film history. Yeah. And so they're, they keep talking about sexuality and everyone, um, like especially between Dawson and Pacey, <sighs> and the fact that Dawson or that Pacey has a bandage on his right. nose—it's like Chinatown. You're um, you're crippling someone's, uh, you know, interesting phallic huh. thing. So you're saying Dawson broke Pacey's dick? Yes. Oh, oh. Okay. I know. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, but this is like very yeah. on point yeah. with oh, what they're trying to say. Interesting. So, do you think that this actress had ever heard this word before reading it in the script and having to read this line? Ooh, must be embarrassing. What'd you do, Pacey? Make up another cockamamie story about... Cockamamie. Cockamamie. Is she from the deep south? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cockamamie. I'll just try it again. I'll just try it. Yeah. Okay. Cockamamie. All right. Fuck it. Let's just take that one. That's good enough. One of your cockamamie. Um, All right, so I've got one more clip here. I'm just going to lay it on us. This is unequivocal proof that the librarian is some kind of creature. I'm not quite sure what. I have multiple theories. I'm curious what you all think. Let's take a listen. Well, just don't get any blood on the books. Ooh, Mm -hmm. and I mean that. He means it. (laughs) 
Scarecrow. She's a Scarecrow. I love that we all independently kind of just uh, put Scarecrow on her uh, Jeepers Creepers. She could, I mean, if not a vampire, she's the Jeepers Creeper Creeper. Definitely. Yes. She's some kind of monster. I can't tell if she's a witch or if she is like a uh, Crypt Keeper type. I personally think between this and several lines that happen later, I think that she is imprisoned in the library. She cannot leave. She is haunting this library. That's why she's watching these VHS tapes because she doesn't have cable access here. Somebody has to personally deliver these VHS tapes for her to watch her favorite show, Days of Our Lives. And um, that's also why she locks them in without any food. There's no food here because she's a ghost or some kind of spirit. Um, The only thing she wants is no blood on the books because why? Everyone's a vampire. It attracts vampires. (laughs) Also, um... Abby refers to them as backwater black sheep. Yes. Anyone ever heard that before? Oh. I've heard them independently, yeah. but never <laughs> together. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to put together what, like, what, what does that mean? So backwater, like, they're like I white think, trash. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what she's getting at. So, but and like even with outsiders. black sheep, yeah. So it's like outsiders. Even if you're yeah. you're trailer trash, but you're not even good enough to be a part of like the community in right. the trailer yeah. trash. You're the black sheep of the trailer trash, which is really, really saying something. Apparently, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't think Dawson. He is definitely a what well, uh, black sheep. He's definitely a black sheep. But his mom is the news anchor on TV. I don't think that they're part of the backwater community. Anyway, that's no, they have a man. They live in a mansion. Yeah. Yeah. They live in the the nicest house in town. (laughs) And Pacey. Yeah. His dad is chief of police. Right. Makes no sense. Yeah. And everyone knows the police make a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Was that also like some status or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like also what she meant by it's howdy duty time. Like probably here are these, I don't know. Well, isn't Howdy Doody is like a kids show, right? So it's a puppet, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, we're in Kitty Corner. Oh, you know yeah. these these people don't have ecstasy gangbangs in the boys' locker room <laughs> like I do. They did watch anyone, Howdy Doody. Did anyone believe her story? Fuck no. No. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to. I was like, oh, this show's going somewhere. I thought. There was, of course, the chance that she was being truthful, but I thought immediately that she was going to be like a foil Pacey character, like all bark, no bite, all, full of bluster and bluffing. Um, and I was right because I'm yeah. always right. Because we, we hear her while while they're walking, while she's walking in with the librarian, trying to convince her, like, why why should I be in detention? I did, like what I did wasn't that bad or whatever. Like I right. can do you know some volunteer work. So it kind of the the story doesn't match up with what you know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this says something about the education system having just one umbrella thing that they do for all kids and yeah. the things that they do. Like later we find out Pacey was jerking off. And then we have someone that's like late to class every once in a while. Yeah. And then we have a couple students that are doing assault and they all get the yeah. exact same punishment. And not only yeah. do they get the exact same punishment, but the victim of one of the perpetrators assaults is in the room with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So good thing that they're not like at each other's throats like boys can sometimes be because – Mrs. Tringle was not supervising them or willing to step in in any way if something actually happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, my detention experience of like skipping class to like go out to lunch or something like that right. was equating mm-hmm. with kids that were like selling coke at school. Yeah, it's like oh, you get the same thing. You uh, go sit in a box for an hour. <laughs> we talked about great last names last episode. Uh, Tringle this is another good one. Pretty cool. Love it. 
Yeah, this show loves weird names. It sucks for my nose, so every time I wrote Tringle, it turned into Tringle. Triangle. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, me too. <laughs> well, Joey finally spills the beans on beating the human hot dog to near death in the cafeteria, which inspires the gang to probe Abby as to her wrongdoings. Through bit lips and simmering eyes, she hints at a narrative involving an ecstasy-fueled orgy in the boys' locker room, or what it's known in the modern nomenclature, a Charlie XCX concert. <laughs> Nice one. Got a couple clips here. <laughs> so uh, this, I just, cl- I had to clip both of these things. Uh, th- one of them will probably become like my text message alert. And <laughs> if ringback tones still existed, the other one would be that. But here we go. You ever heard of a little drug called ecstasy? <laughs> That's going to be my text message alert. So please don't text me when I'm in work meetings. And then. You ever been to the boys locker room? No. You ever heard of a little drug called ecstasy? Mm. You ever heard of an orgy? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can tell you. I'm putting the pieces together. What does this mean? <laughs> so, okay. She gets ecstasy. She goes to the boys' locker room, and she just has an orgy with with a, 10, 12 guys. <laughs> yeah, her. I don't even know what to say. It's just a very odd, like... Ecstasy is a crazy drug. It'll make you do anything. You'll have an orgy. In a locker room. Yeah, on the floor. What a gross floor that must be. No one's cleaning that. It's like funny, you know, we were just saying this, but the idea of giving someone detention for for having an orgy, it's like, "Mm, that doesn't really seem like that's appropriate. Feels like, look, I'm not... I don't really necessarily subscribe to expulsion for non but this is like if there's a reason to be expelled from school it might be having an ecstasy fueled orgy in a bath in a bathroom that might be that might be grounds for it i don't know in another lynchian sequence that deconstructs character performance and performer the gang discusses john (laughs) hughes's 1985 film the breakfast club leading into a discussion of the core cast when Emilio Estevez is brought up, the veil is lifted and Pacey self-actualizes through Joshua Jackson, proclaiming his love for Disney's Mighty Ducks franchise as he is the star of those films. Am I the only person who didn't know, know that? I didn't know it right away, but I caught on, caught on to it. I looked it up because I was like, this is like too, they, they took too long of a pause and I thought it had to mean something. Mm. So I immediately groaned. Yeah, you no, probably you knew. You laughed. You thought it was so funny. Yeah, I know, but like in like a bad way. Yeah. I was like, this is so stupid. Just like, God, <laughs> this is awful. I loved my, one. I mean, the, at least the first movie I used to watch when I was a kid. Oh, they keep getting better. Yeah. Better. <laughs> the third one, they're in college, I think. Um, did anyone notice the book that Jen was reading? It was existentialism in human emotions. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty deep reading uh-huh. for a 15-year-old. Well, it makes sense. She's uh, she's flirting with uh, like atheism. and, mm-hmm. and she, Makes sense, uh, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say she's flirting with a <laughs> pubescent boy who thinks he's the center of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's like a book. <laughs> so she's and having an existential it. crisis. Yeah. Like, do I even exist? Do I have <laughs> any? Do I just exist for Dawson? <laughs> Am I actually a character in fuck <laughs> that'd be great if this was like kind of a twin peaks thing these were like <laughs> character i mean i don't mm-hmm. no one knows exactly what twin peaks is but like a, a, a leading theory is that i know exactly characters in a tv show <laughs> yeah and they're like self-actualizing in that way so it would be interesting to see that kind of character progression of jen being like 
I'm not the main character. Who am I? <laughs> also, Jen thinks the Breakfast Club stunk. Yeah. Yeah, come on now. Yeah. It's like, does anyone actually Classic. not like the Breakfast Club? I'm trying to think. There's, there's like valid criticisms of the Breakfast Club. I mean, it's all white kids. Um, and yes. uh, they're all cookie cutter versions of like who they're supposed to be it's like the jock mm. the goth stuff like that so you could be like well these aren't really fleshed out characters are more of like ideas yeah, they're mm-hmm. definitely just archetypes yeah but at the same time i mean it was you know it was kind of the point of it yeah and it's ahead yeah. of its time to even talk about things like that so yeah it's okay i bet i mean that would be i'm thinking jen's argument that's her argument she's like i want real characters i want mm-hmm. depth Real characters like the ones Dawson writes in his movies. <laughs> like that cousin who shows up randomly after somebody gets killed to become the new main character. That's real character shit. I don't know. Have I already forgotten? Did Dawson ever title his film? Also, is that even a plot point in the show anymore? They haven't brought it I think they long. forgot that he's a filmmaker. <laughs> or like, are they still going to send that film to the Boston Film Festival? Good I wouldn't question. be too surprised if it's just already happened and we're just... Because mm-hmm. there's just been... It, who knows how much time is passing between each of these episodes? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. my headcanon is that like each episode is one month of of school time, which is the only way that I can explain why Pacey is has all of these crazy shifts in his <laughs> character every time or every episode. A minor argument between Jen and Abby sparks Abby to beg the scarecrow, watching soap operas in the AV room, to use the bathroom. The gang join in on the adventure and split up to their separate gendered lavatories. While Dawson fails to break down barriers with Pacey while they pee next to each other, Abby calls out Joey and Jen for having weird sexual tension with the boys who flush their toilets in unison to proclaim their shared discomfort. <laughs> the show loves bathrooms. Uh, yeah. The show loves bathrooms and it also loves uh, women authority figures standing with their arms on their hips from a distance yeah. staring because Grams has done that at least twice mm-hmm. now in the show. It's the maternal totally. shame. You know, it, it's like there's there's... Definitely a consistent theme of that maternal figure being disappointed in <laughs> in you slash in the characters that we are watching or trying to live vicariously through. So I think Kevin Williamson has some mommy issues. There is definitely a deeper reading of the show. I mean, we have the the phallic castration symbolism. We have the female authority figure symbolism. You know, we're a bunch of ding-dongs for even criticizing this. This show goes way deeper than we thought. This show is super heady. I mean, just listen to this. Oh, well, we can't all be like you, Abby, having your little ecstasy gang bangs on the floor of the boys' locker room. Lyricism. Tell me that that isn't super deep and heady. I may be reaching, but I think the four of you have some weird sexual tension deal going on. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I, the same Saturday, it's not that hard song. No, I think that's a different. That's a different, that's a different track. Song. Yeah, yeah. That song was like had a groove to it. Uh, canonically, in the show, uh, Pacey and Dawson always go pee together, and when they do, they do the urinals that are right next to each other. Yeah. And I love the idea of Dawson just staring Pacey directly in the face and giggling to like yeah. get something out of him. <laughs> Whenever I go into a bathroom, I try to get as far away from another human being as possible. Yeah. 
to the point where I'll humiliate myself and use the little tiny child's urinal that's like <laughs> ankle height. You know, I'm just like <laughs> pull my pants down to my my ankles and I have to, you know, I'm an actor, so I have to embody the role that I'm given. In that moment, I'm an eight-year-old boy. And yeah, I'm saying, Daddy, please help me. But I don't think that's so weird. <laughs> All right? Freaks me out. <laughs> Back in the library, Abby gets the group to play Truth or Dare. Pacey, who has chosen truth, backpedals to get out of explaining why he's in detention. Changing his choice to dare. Stirring her witch's brew, Abby dares Pacey to kiss Jen for 10 whole seconds to Joey's encouragement and Dawson's ultimate revulsion. It is a doozy. The power, now in Pacey's hands, he targets Joey with a question of who she's in love with, to which she refuses and changes her choice to dare. Abby's game of 3D chess climaxes when Pacey <laughs> daring Joey to kiss Dawson for 15 seconds. And it's very sensual. There is a uh, poster in the background of the sequence that says study like it's 1999. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. And um, for those that aren't aware, there's a Prince song called Party Like It's 1999. <laughs> so this poster is saying, you know what's just as cool as partying <laughs> like it's 1999? Studying like it's 1999. I mean, they're not wrong. Nothing is quite as cool as studying. You know, I mean... It's the only way to get into college. You got to impress your parents. I just don't understand why Joey just doesn't lie about who she likes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just save yourself. Just be like, oh, I like uh, George Glass from Canada. Like, just yeah. like throw out some name. <laughs> or fuck it. Say Anderson Crawford. You right. went on a date yeah. with yeah. him. You kissed him. They all met him. Like, mm -hmm. why? Pre it's a situation entirely. It's an entirely avoidable situation that ends up becoming huge for no reason i mean i guess because she's got character <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think pc I, I mean i think everyone except dawson knows and can sense that she is in love with dawson so i think you know they're trying mm -hmm. to get her to say it and if she were to make something up i don't think they would buy it also abby's egging them on like this entire episode egging her on to yeah talk about it so which kiss did you like better I thought they were both pretty good kisses, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I felt like Dawson and Joey had a much better kiss than Pacey and Jen. Pacey and Jen was like very sexual. Mm -hmm. And then the Joey Dawson one was just like, I well, finally like, like romantic, romantic kind of, love. Yeah. yeah. The pa also when Pacey stared at Dawson, <laughs> like when the kiss began was one of the scariest things I've I ever seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's like loved a it. Like a horror movie for yeah. a second. It was like <laughs> we screen cap uh, that for Instagram. Someone <laughs> write it down. Yeah, TFW, you kiss your best friend's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's a power movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty wild. Um, Cody, I did cap this for you specifically. I just, I just had a feeling you might appreciate this. I'll keep the time. Oh yes, I love it. <laughs> God, she's so good. <laughs> I know I know the acting is a little iffy, but like that performance is from a different planet. Yeah. Like it's yeah. she's so evil. I love her voice. Yeah. I, mean, I do yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. She's got that good. like breathy. It's almost like um oh, what's her name from uh Roger Rabbit? Lola Bunny? No. No, Lola Jessica Bunny Rabbit. is a basketball Jessica player. Rabbit. Thank Jessica you. Rabbit. She's a basketball player. No, she's she's not an animated character yeah. from <laughs> she is a basketball player. She's, and she's won very two good. championships in my mind. Uh 
Yeah, Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like if Jessica Rabbit was extremely evil and hell bent on yes. ruining every <laughs> moment that she can put herself in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I just felt like Pacey and Jen's kiss had a it. I didn't really see the thing that I understand why Dawson got gets upset about it because of course anybody would, but I I felt like they weren't like making out where Dawson and Joe Dawson and Joey were like full on making out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, she's like touching him in a very sensual mm-hmm. way. Yeah. There's like there's passion behind their kiss where there is just kind of performance behind Pacey yeah, and yeah. Jen's yeah. kiss. Also, let's just talk about truth or dare for a second because all of these were just like, who do you like? Who do you want to kiss? Let's kiss, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like I wanted to see like real truth or dare. Like when yeah. kid, at least like when me and my friends played truth or dare, it's like crazy stuff. Like, I dare you to eat a bunch of glue. <laughs> like I wanted yeah. this to take that turn. <laughs> Obviously, I, this is like a relationship show, but I wanted to see someone be like <laughs> Joy, yeah. I dare you to take a dump in a urinal yeah. or something. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's different for for girls versus boys, but um, I feel like that's the vibe that I always had when I did Truth or Dare with yeah. friends. It was always like, all right, who do you like? Mm-hmm. And you yeah, got to- old quick. You got you to gotta step it yeah. up. You got to do some wild. Totally. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, if we, if the four of us were in detention- we all got spanked by Mr. Podcast for saying the F word too many times on a recording. And we had to go to Saturday detention uh, for eight hours. I would, I probably would be like, Stella, who do you like? Um, but eventually I would be like, all right, uh, Mal, go streaking down the hallway. Yeah. You know, cause like, that's or what like, you do. Yeah. They could have even tied it more at breakfast club and been like, smoke some weed. Like they're yeah. like smoking weed in the, in the library. And then yeah. like, the bender like gets into the ducts, the air ducts, and he's like crawling around. You know, like yeah. stuff that like crazy stuff like that. That kid is probably still smoking weed in the bathroom. That's another uh, reference because Joey says, "I'll I'll do anything. Yes. I'll climb around climb the deck." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess it's that time, isn't it? Um, all right. Well, yeah. our second commercial break. We will see you on the other side. Hello there. Jumping in on the commercial break to remind you to find us online. We're on social media at Freaks and Creeks Pod, where we post all sorts of great content. So come and join the conversation. We'd love to have you. We also have a website, freaksandcreeks.com. It has a really sleek web player, which means you can listen from anywhere or share episodes directly with your friends and family. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. And thankfully, the sadism continues with Joey choosing Jen for truth or dare. She goes with truth. Joey goes for the jugular by asking her who she's most attracted to at Capeside. Dawson spirals as Jen can't quite come up with the right word before landing on Dawson. Jen's embarrassed anger makes her lash out at Joey, saying that her constant dwelling on her and Dawson's relationship is keeping her from getting a boyfriend. Dawson tries to mitigate the awkwardness with a, a suggested jailbreak. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Jen in this moment when she, I, I, we all know why she is actually having a difficult time with this question, but I agree with her when she says it's a stupid question because like high schoolers don't know the difference between lust and like and attraction and love. Like it's all the same thing for her. So I get what she's saying when she's like, I like Dawson. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm physically attracted to somebody else. Whatever that is, is being overcome by my attraction to Dawson in this moment. But 
I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you, do you, we all see, are analyzing this from being adults. So it's a little different for us, but what do you guys think about this interaction here? I mean, it makes total sense why Jen would like, this does not compute for her. Uh, mm-hmm. And being put on the spot with that is uh, not yeah. great. Yeah. And I think it's very fair to say, just like at any age, like it's fine to not be the most sexually attracted sure. to a partner, uh, but like, but you wanting them more yes. like that, that's a regular, normal, healthy thing for her to do. But she knows that Dawson is a maniac. Yeah. And so if she mm-hmm. were to say that, she knows that his eyes would roll into the back of his head, <laughs> his hair would fall out and he would become succubus number two. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that happens. Yes. Yeah, see, back to my initial question when we first started our scene by scene here, is Joey doing this intentionally? Because if you think that she doesn't know what she's doing and she's just kind of acting out, then why does she do this? She knows what she's doing. She is like she is trying to hurt Dawson's and Jen's relationship. This specifically, yes. Like mm-hmm. this is very like she's she knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. And I think she is by extension of that fooling herself when she thinks she's doing any of this for any other reason. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I just think that as much as I love Joey and I do think she is the best character on the show, this is the one moment where I'm like, damn, Joey, this is kind of fucked up. (laughs) Like, you know what you're doing. Well, it's okay to love a character if they're fucked up. Right now, my favorite character (laughs) on the show is Abby Morgan, the greatest (laughs) character in television history. Not a good person. She would happily burn down an orphanage if she was given the chance. That's true. Which probably happens next episode. Maybe, if we're lucky. (laughs) We have a really fun game in our next scene. This is my favorite Mm, game. Yes. (laughs) Cody and I do this uh, (laughs) every week. With your your printer scanner that you have at home. (laughs) And it's weird because I've never won. (laughs) Well, so as the gang run past Tringle in the AV room, Jen suggests the classic game of Guess My Butt. Uh, The game that we play once a week and then I lose uh, they head to an office where, after scanning each other's butts on a photocopy machine, try to guess who's who. Jen's correct guessing of Pacey's defined cheeks ignites Dawson's short fuse of jealousy, resulting in an argument in which Pacey uses his low blow of Oompa Loompa, and Dawson calls him a failure and a laughingstock. As boys do, they settle to settle this once and for all on a basketball rematch. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, I, my first thought when I watched the scene was like how did they do this how did mm-hmm. they scan like was it their butts this oh are those thing, actual butt scans this was a thing them? in the 90s oh yeah that people did at that's office not, like no like, yeah I but like that's not the question is oh. are those the actor and actresses butts that Probably. they actually scanned or are those like dummy if, butts yeah and if so how did they film that because i feel like that's kind of like i don't know inappropriate or like weird to film I, yeah oh yeah I bet it film. was doubles. I bet it was doubles. Yeah, it's the yeah. same schmuck that was paid $20 <laughs> to sure get a was... basketball thrown in his face. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I sent up this photocopier. Oh, did you go to a hospital? <laughs> yeah. I, should we play this game? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun. All right, Anybody we do have our... a photocopy machine? <laughs> <laughs> I think we... my parents have a scanner. When we do our first live show, we'll play a game of live guess my butt <laughs> with everybody in the audience. <laughs> So it'll be like the four of us and like two people in the, in the audience and we'll have to figure out whose butts whose. I'm just thinking it's 1998 and it's, this is a production, you know. Like I can imagine some gross cigar smoking mm. ugh, yucky man being like, all right, James, get on that yeah. scanner. All right, I got it warmed up for you. 
<laughs> Make sure to really press your butt cheeks on that, okay? If so, if this is actually their buns that have been scanned, do these prints still exist? And have they been auctioned off mm. for millions of dollars? Is there a poster? Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> like a Spencer's Gifts poster. Oh my God. Okay, our first official, our first first official tur shirt <laughs> is going to be the four of our butts Xerox scanned onto a t-shirt. And it's going to just say, guess my butt on the top. <laughs> and it'll say, uh, Freaks and Cheeks. <laughs> oh, oh, my Freak man. Podcast. God, okay. We'll make okay. posters. A calendar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the season of winter is all Cody's butt. <laughs> As per usual. <laughs> oh, I love this idea. So, like, Pacey's cheeks are magnetic. Like, everyone loves his ass. Apparently. I can't say that I agree. Is he ripped? <laughs> I can't tell. Everyone wears he, baggy pants, so I can't yeah. really see his butt, but I don't know. <laughs> he just looks like a scrawny kid to yeah. me, but everyone loves referencing how ripped and muscular and... Yeah. Well, Joey loves referencing that. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that he is particularly muscular looking, but at the same time, compared to Dawson, he is a Greek god because Dawson, I think he, his hair just continues to get bigger and bigger, but otherwise <laughs> he is kind of just like a... Like a average looking dude. Yeah, yeah. Ah, but Pacey just seems like scrawny to me. Like there's yeah. no muscle definition that Mm-mm. everyone keeps saying that he has. Well, just wait until we get to the gym scene when he takes his shirt off to play basketball because then you're going to see that he looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, this was another little parallel with Breakfast Club where they sneak out. Yeah. That was the whole thing in that movie. So. I also thought it was funny when um, Jen, when, Pace, when Pacey's on the copy machine and Jen like looks at him and she's like, all right, zip up your pants, Pacey. <laughs> yeah. The way that she says it was um, silly. I liked it. It's weird that Abby participated. Like she hates these people. Yeah. But then again, she mm-hmm. cannot, she cannot turn down a good butt Xerox. Yeah, FOMO for sure. She doesn't want to miss out on this. I, um... It it it's in this scene where they're where they where they actually do play guess my butt right this is before yes. right before why why does Jen have to immediately know which one's Pacey's butt she like she knows what she's doing too right mm. oh yeah mm-hmm. everybody is trying to fuck with everybody in this episode <laughs> yes. it's like everybody is having the worst day possible which I guess makes sense they are spending eight <laughs> hours in detention but God it's just like. It, <laughs> I think it's the energy that Abby brings to the room. Yes. It's like when once you're around something that kind of dark, you, you can't help but feel like you're a part of it. And it's, it's I don't know, it's like an it's a bad intoxication. Everyone has to be on her level and everyone's just like heightened and needs to tear each other apart. She is an energy vampire is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. Oh, the lore gets deeper and deeper. <laughs> The basketball rematch commences, and Pacey agrees that if he loses, he has to admit why he landed himself in Saturday detention. Through Abby's heckles, she points out the obvious. Jen and Joey are both hot to trot for Dawson. Joey just wishes Jen wasn't so darn nice about it all. As Abby slurps from the water fountain, she realizes they need to head back to detention pronto. As the dread sets in, Dawson scores a final winning shot, Mm -hmm. and the gang nearly makes it back before being caught by the scarecrow. 
I am not a uh, very um, talented basketball player, but I would also love to play Dawson in a game of one versus one because he, I don't think he actually knows how to play this game. I don't think he knows that you can dribble the ball or like anything because all he seems to do is just kind of wildly flail. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what the direction was during this episode because a lot of it is, it's so much more focused on the on the mm-hmm. women that, the the guys that are foreground um, and they're fuzzy, you know, they're not in focus. Right. They are, yeah, they're just flailing around. They're it's just like, like tackling each other yeah. at one point. Well, they have a wrestling fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, a little tickle fight. I don't know if you yeah. guys saw that. It's more of a tickle that, fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I, um, boys will be boys. <laughs> I feel like whatever their intentions were for this plot line and this scene specifically, when they then proposed this to James Vanderbeek and he was like, oh, um, that's the one with the orange ball, right? <laughs> They're like, oh shit. It yeah. definitely seems like Joshua Jackson knows how to play and that yeah. maybe James Vanderbeek doesn't he know has, as much, but <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. I would or like, was that just acting? If this is all performance, James Vanderbeek, great actor. Incredible. Yeah, great job. <laughs> incredible. He, what if he is actually like, would have been drafted had he not <laughs> decided to become an actor? <laughs> we get some uh, product placement here with the peanut M&Ms. Ooh. That they're the eating on the draft on the uh, Joey and Abby mm, are eating yes. eating some peanut M and M's on the bleachers. I think that's also when Abby sarcastically says, "Us sisters never compete yeah. over anything," you know. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> I I know. I think maybe Cody said this that like Abby doesn't have any like redeeming qualities. Um, but I thought there was a moment where, you know, Jen is asking Joey like, "Why do you hate me so much?" Yeah. and mm-hmm. And Abby's like, you guys are never going to be friends if you're fighting over the same guy. And I thought that was like a really nice little. Yeah. Kind of an outsider's perspective mm-hmm. of like what's happening mm-hmm. to, between but, them. But not nice. She's just not pointing nice. out no, but the I, I know what you mean. Like, it, it was like, you could have It was like, come catty. on, girls. Like, yeah. this, like don't you see it? I yeah. actually like, capped it. <clears throat> um, and I, also, like, I thought the us sisters never compete over anything was kind of along those same lines. Like, come on, girls. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know know how we are <laughs> kind of like including herself in in that with like them together yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> oh before you play that clip another uh thing i noticed with um what they were wearing uh they're wearing primary colors in their shirts so they're re- wearing red yellow and blue which are all complementary you know to each other so interesting yeah Wait, just the women though, right? The women. Yeah. In, the, in that scene, they're sitting, it's, they're sitting in, you know, this triangle and it's, and they're wearing primary colors. So, yeah. Can we hear that clip? Yes. Let's see. Y'all can never be friends as long as you keep fighting over the same guy. Joey, it's obvious you're in love with Dawson. So I think to your point earlier, you said that she wasn't necessarily being nice. She was just stating the obvious. True, but she could have been much worse or much much more mean to your point, Stella. She's kind of actually, if anything, I think this is the one moment where she's being kind of a normal person, just trying to like, yeah, I don't know, help help out maybe? Yeah. Yeah, Agreed. I thought it was just kind of like um, a nice... I saw kissing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was just going to start. I'm sorry. You thought it was... Uh, just like a, a nice like girl, girl to girl kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting to see. We've seen a couple attempts at that from Jen to Joey. And Jen rightly calls her out in in this scene. Like, I don't understand what I've ever done to you. It'll be, I don't know. 
I wonder if this is the beginnings of them starting to forge a new relationship. I feel like mm-hmm. it is. I feel like this is the episode where when we look back at at Pacey, at Joey's storyline, this is where she's going to pivot away from woe is me, Dawson doesn't like me into actualizing that into something else. I've been watching a lot of professional wrestling lately <laughs> and something that uh, I keep thinking about is it's all about long-form storytelling. Things that I was mm-hmm. seeing back in March are finally paying off now uh, with that world. And I'm thinking this moment where Abby is beginning to act normal, not evil, this is her thinking the long game. What she's going to do is manipulate these people to do a spousal swap i mm. bet we're gonna see mm. pa- like you know like we're, yeah, yeah 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 we're gonna get pacey uh with jen first before he even does anything mm. with joey and joey with dawson and then the long ah. game is that she's gonna pull mm-hmm. the rug out of both of them and then try to seduce both men at the same time to make them fight over her <laughs> whoa. affection or whoa all instead of that have an orgy in the men's locker room <laughs> oh, with yes. some ecstasy of course either way Loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also just kind of continuing with that, um, the scene where Abby gets up and then Joey and Jen kind of like continue sort of like this like heart to heart where Joey's like, why are you like this? Like, why are you just so nice? And right. I don't know. I thought that was also kind of a sweet moment. Mm -hmm. It'd be so much easier if you were a wench. Yeah. (laughs) And then this beautiful moment is kind of ruined by this, which I happen- I managed to catch. Seriously, if we don't get our Xerox butts back to the library in the next two minutes, we're doomed. And the song, yeah, it's Will Tomorrow Ever Come by Dancehall Crashers. Ooh. And we get the montage, the hallway montage, which is another Breakfast Club Definitely, reference. Yeah. Uh, the, the choreography, the physical one. acting and choreography was amazing in this where they're sliding and doing mm-hmm. the like their legs up and There's it was great. Little, yeah, That first slide <laughs> shot, you can see Jen has a big smile on her face because I bet it was really it was, fun to film so this fun. scene and I think that everybody was managing to keep their character in but Jen mm-hmm. for a moment, maybe that was the one where she let it drop but it was just, I thought it was cute because I bet it was just so fun to run around on these like, I, I, bet, they, very well I bet they oiled up yeah, those hallways, totally. you know? I thought it was really fun. Well done. Oh, also the shortcut, um, the line where or P- yeah. Pacey uh, knows a shortcut through the locker room. That was uh, John Bender's line in Breakfast Club. He had the shortcut ah. line, but it's another little tidbit. I just thought it was Pacey <laughs> trying to get back to uh, having an orgy in the, the locker room. I thought it was just, uh, maybe maybe if we go through there, you'll just, you'll just want to have sex with me real quick. <laughs> All right. Well, it is... On that note that we are going to take our final commercial break of the day. So we will see you after these messages. Hey, everybody. James here. Just wanting to thank you for listening yet again. It is what keeps us going. Now, if you are enjoying the show, if you followed us online, if you've subscribed already, it's not the end of the world. There's one more thing you can do. You can tell a friend, you know, call them up. I don't care if you haven't talked to them in months, years. Maybe they're a friend from elementary school. Call them. Tell them, I've got a great podcast and you're going to love it. It's called Freaks and Creeks. Go to their website, freaksandcreeks.com. Find them online at Freaks and Creeks Pod. I don't care. I don't care what you do. Just tell them to come and check out the podcast. They're going to love it. And then you're going to be the cool friend who gave them a great recommendation. And isn't that amazing? Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of the episode and go tell your friends about this show. And we're back. 
As punishment, the scarecrow unravels <laughs> Dewey Decimal cards on the floor for the gang to put back in their correct order before detention ends, or else they get detention next Saturday as well. It's revealed that the ecstasy locker room orgy was, in fact, a ruse. Instead, it was excessive tardies that landed Abby in detention, as foreshadowed earlier with the purse pickup. Tempers once again flare between Dawson and Pacey, but come to a close of mutual anguish as Dawson admits to feeling sexually inadequate and Pacey feels empty being single. Another revelation unfurls itself as Pacey admits that he was caught jerking off at school <laughs> after being <laughs> entranced by the helpful cheerleaders after his skull-crushing accident. Dawson's insecurities are alleviated by another one of Jen's famous monologues about how Dawson is the greatest and is God tier at everything that he does. <laughs> <laughs> and just when everything seems right in the world with everyone's hearts having mended, Joey spirals saying that she will die a virgin. And when Dawson <laughs> says it's only a matter of time before she meets the right guy, Joey says she already has basically laying the groundwork for her revealing her true feelings for our titular hero. The tension implodes as the scarecrow re-enters to proclaim detention has finally ended. Well done, Cody. Yep. This episode should have been called Revelations Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> so much happens in just the last scene. It is mm -hmm. incredible. It's like an eight-minute scene of just all of them being like... Here's everything that's fucking me up right now. Almost like we're watching <laughs> The Breakfast Club. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, there's a lot to unpack from the sequence, but mm. just the fucking fact that the Scarecrow drops all those cards oh, on the ground. Yes. Cruel. Yeah. And Such now a cruel that's move. a bitch. Oh, yeah, oh my that's God. a bitch. You're getting detention. And she kind of gives it an extra tap, like, <laughs> Yeah. She kicks it around with her feet, too. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> did not like that shot. No. So we've talked about her and what kind of supernatural entity it is. I just want us to listen to the cadence and, uh, and, and tone of her voice when she speaks here. If even one card is out of order at five o'clock, you will all spend next Saturday with me here in detention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does sound like a witch. And then, are you hip? Oh yeah. yeah. The, are you hip to my oh, lingo? Oh baby, do I? I it's, it's after that scene, but I managed to, Cut this out just by itself. Here we go. So, are you hip to my lingo? So, are you hip to my lingo? She's a cool lady. <laughs> I hope she returns. I believe that she is a ghost. This is this is my evidence that she is a ghost because she hasn't been able to leave this library for about 45 years. She's been in mm -hmm. this library since night. She's like the moaning myrtle of Capeside, right? <laughs> totally. Moaning myrtle is from Harry Potter. All she does is look at little boys' dicks when they go into the bathroom and make it a bubble bath. But in this case... <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Tringle, which, I mean, come on, that's a fake ghost name. All she does is try to lock children up and kill them so that they will uh, join her in her library mausoleum. She has the same physical frame as the evil mother from Coraline with, like, the button mm. eyes. Oh, with, like, the shoulder yeah. pads, yeah, like, the big totally. shoulders, and she's mm -hmm. uh, tall and thin. I hope that one day, you know how people make, like, fan art? For no, podcasts and stuff. I hope that one day we have a fan that will make some type of poster of like oh. all the lore that oh, James has created <laughs> into like the Dawson's Creek characters. Yeah, oh, like imagining incredible. like all this like spooky stuff, like Tringle as Coraline, <laughs> Coraline yeah, or, like a, or like a ghost <laughs> or a witch. Yeah. Some vampires and mm -hmm. I don't know. that would be amazing. By any chance, did you clip um, when Abby says to Pacey, 
You saw a lot more than your nose, huh? Oh, yes, I did. This is after Pacey says the reason why he was in detention is because he just had to go walk the dog in the bathroom after all of the girls laughed at him or whatever. Oh, no, because he, he because they were being so nice to him. Mm-hmm. And Abby says in the most, like, weirdly childish way, she says this. He saw a lot more than your nose, didn't he? <laughs> He saw a lot more than your nose, didn't he? I love it. I love this performance. She is so funny. Her her vocal inflections is a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just all over the place. It's cool. Speaking of vocal inflections, though, I'm really happy that this episode exists because I got two really good ones here. Um, I'm going to be releasing an upcoming trap song featuring this sample uh, very soon, but let's just take a listen to this. It's really short, so we'll probably listen to it twice. Are you guys ready? I am so sick. Is this, that's it? Yeah, that's it. It's just okay. it's just Pacey getting, when Dawson is yelling at, at Pacey, he says, I am so sick. It is so cool. Right? Thank you. Just need some 808 drums behind that. Sick. And then um, Dawson says this, which is something that I'm also very happy for. You do anything for sex. <laughs> Good one. You do anything for sex. Dawson. I do anything for sex. Dawson is obsessed with sex. It's interesting. The tables have turned a little bit with Pacey yeah. and Dawson. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's like three episodes we were the thing that we were complaining about is Dawson doesn't know what sex is and he's angry that it exists. Yes. And now mm-hmm. he, he's the horniest man in Capeside. Sorry, Mr. Manmeat. Sorry. <laughs> Pacey says something like, when he's, when he's kind of like talking down about himself, mm. he says that he has nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. Dark. Yeah, it didn't really, I mean like. What was his life before Tam- Tamara? Is that her I name? I already forgot. Mm-hmm. Ta- Tammy? What was his life before Tammy? I mean, it's just like another thing that I'm angry that that was like our introduction to the show. Mm -hmm. But but it's like, if his life is a black void now that Tammy is no longer in it, what was his life before? All we know is that his like cop brother and cop dad were probably horrible to him and treat him like garbage. But it's like, at least he has a best friendship with Dawson. I mean, he says that he's like, I'm a screw up, but I don't want to screw this relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't want to screw up our friendship. But what friendship? All we know about them is... Tammy and like they're like four interactions they ever had during the Tammy pre-sex. Yeah. And, yeah. And that they work together. I mean, yeah. like <laughs> how are they best friends? They don't yeah. talk. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is why we're starting to see why everybody loves Pacey, right? Like we've all, fe- I feel like we've all had this interaction where we talk to somebody like, oh, Pacey's my favorite character. Yeah. And we're all like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with you? Because <laughs> Pacey is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we're now seeing why everybody loves Pacey because we have, he's a blank slate. You just project something onto him. We have no idea what his life was like before any of this happened. And all they tell us is like, God, he is pathetic and awful and everybody hates him. He's un- unanimously, everybody in the school hates him. He's now being bullied and ridiculed for this history. He's lost every all his will for, for living in life. So it's like hard not to just be like, oh, well, okay. This guy, you know, he, poor Pacey. And then you, mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to, I think that there's going to be some stuff that happens in these next seasons that hopefully we start to get that glimpse into his history, but you're right. Like what, what is going on with his character? Yeah. They don't have anything. yet. Yeah. It seems like there has to be some, there has to be a lot going on 
Like there has, has to, be. to be, yeah. And why haven't we got a single scene at his house right. where he's what, like, what being, does his house look like? Where yeah. he's being like shouted out the door by his dad, yeah. who's like hounding him about chores that he or didn't do. Inter- anything interacting with anything. his sisters or yeah. mentally you know. diverse sisters. Excuse me. <laughs> <you. laughs> yeah, I'm def- obviously like super curious, but um, also kind of excited. Like for this, like I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that they 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 do show us a lot. But, like, I feel like there's, yeah. like, all this buildup of mm-hmm. that he has, like, you know, like, a really sad home life or something. This was the first glimpse into, like, his world a little bit of his vulnerabilities yeah. where I was like, okay, now I can start seeing why people like Pacey because he ha- there's, like, a sadness around his character. You can't help but feel yeah. something for I, him. I definitely think he's gross, and I don't like the way that he projects, like, his issues by making mm-hmm. it all about sex and him being Mr. Cool Man uh, <laughs> with his peace sign brother, Hey, and then, yeah. you know, basketball. And, uh, boxing. Shadow boxing, mm-hmm. magnetic buns, all that stuff. Not great, but Joshua Jackson is selling the vulnerability definitely. and the sadness around that character. So You can't say that he's not acting his ass off, because I really feel like he's giving a great performance. Mm-hmm. You know, he feels believable and authentic, to the point that I hate him. Um, But like, I know that he's just acting here, but still, I don't know. A lot of stuff to unpack though. I mean, with Joey, like, Mm -hmm. like we're finally getting there. We, yeah. And again, this is something that I thought it was going to be like maybe finale season two. We're going to get Joey finally opening up with episode seven. We're almost done with this season. We're over halfway done with this season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She's very distraught, looking very distraught in this scene. It's really heartbreaking. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. So, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Katie Holmes is so good. Yeah. 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 I really felt for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it felt unclear to me if Dawson understands at all what's happening because she, it's cl- like one, I mean, throughout the episode, there have been hints of like, like someone, or, you know, Abby saying yeah. you're obsessed with this relationship or Jen saying that, um, with Dawson and Jen. And so it seems like, you know, we, we have established that Dawson is pretty clueless, but you would think that he would notice some of that. And then Mm -hmm. for her to be sobbing, not being able to say Mm -hmm. what she's feeling. uh, I think it clicked. I think he was just speechless. Yeah. When he sat down and he's like, I'm here for, I think I'm here for you or whatever he says. I think that's when it clicked. I wonder. wonder, How could he be that clueless? I don't know. I, Okay, so I clipped his advice that he has for Joey here, and I I have Mm. a thought on here, and it's related to this. So I'm just going to play this really quick. This is what Dawson tells Joey to do in this moment as she's so distraught over her emotions. Maybe if you just say these things, then, you know, they'll be out in the open. Your feelings won't be as strong anymore. You know, I want you to be free. First things first, that's Twin Peaks music. Oh, <laughs> totally. I mean, we're in Laura Palmer's house. Yeah. Like, what else could he think that she's going to say, but that he exactly. knows that, like, he she knows. has feelings for him? We've what, talked what about else? this throughout the season. Like, he knows. Yeah. From season, from episode one, he knows that there's mm-hmm. some stuff going on here. So here's what I think. His This is what I think is horrible advice, okay? Yeah, just articulate your feelings and then they'll go away. That's not how feelings work. You don't just like speak them into non-existence. That's not how it works. But that is how you might think feelings work if you are like a victim of toxic masculinity. And I believe, as we've talked about through most of the show, that Dawson is just like a living embodiment of toxic masculinity and on the the effects of socialized socialization of heteronormativity in, in boys who may not be 
heteronormative males. Because I think he's basically like, just swallow your feelings and pretend they don't exist like I do with our subtextual reading that he is a queer character living up to a heterosexual life that he thinks is being imposed on him. I think that's what he's basically telling Joey here. No, just if you just say them, then they go away. You know, it's it's, it's, it's gone. I've been doing my whole life. You don't think he's he's actually telling her to talk about that. Like, I, you don't, you think he's just saying, say it and it, and then it'll dissolve in thin air. He is literally saying, saying, talk about them. Say that you love me right now in front of everybody and then it will go away it'll be out in the open we Mm. can all pretend like we can all say that we talked about it and it no longer exists i don't think i've got stella convinced i want to hear your thoughts i I feel like he's telling her to like talk talk to me talk about things let's talk about things but i don't know i don't think i don't even think they're mutually exclusive i think in his mind he thinks this is the right thing to do without realizing the subtext of it but Mm -hmm. at the same time I, I think he he does believe this is the right thing to do. I don't know if he really means it to be this, um, like right. what you're saying, James, but I know that that is, that is the truth and it's simultaneously um, happening with this advice that he thinks like, if you speak it out loud, um, like you, you will feel free. That burden will be lifted yeah. off of your shoulders and then we'll never talk about <laughs> yeah. it again. I, I don't think it's mutually exclusive, but I do like, I do know what you're saying and yeah. I mm-hmm. think it, you're correct. Um, whether, I mean, if this... <laughs> I'm right, guys. James, as a man from from one big man to another big man, I'm going to say you're right. Um, Thank you. But, uh, yeah, I, but the the only hang-up that we have is this is a 1998 show, and they're never right. going to, I don't know, they're never going to, like, unpack a, a, an actually mm-hmm. queer character on sure. television. If they do, props to Dawson's <laughs> Creek. Right. That's amazing. But I will say, I do agree that I think that, like, they... Th- th- what we're supposed to think is that he wants to talk it out, right? Because right, he's yeah. telling her that that we've known each other for so sixth long. Grade, I was like, there for you in sixth grade. I, I'm which, here for you. Talk, you know. Do we know what happened in sixth grade? I have ideas, but do Mom you? Died. That's what I was thinking, right? Probably because yeah. What else would that just be so glossed over? Right. Yeah, dad prison or dad prison something. Yeah, yeah. either or. Yeah, mom dead, dad prison. So all of you think that Dawson knows. That she's I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't like I part of me. I feel split. I feel like he is such an idiot that he it could have just totally washed over him and he like didn't understand. Mm. But yeah, um, I don't know. I guess it, we're gonna have to find out the next episode to well, see so, how And this that's the other reacts. thing is like, OK, so every episode has started with them watching a movie. So mm-hmm. what the next episode is, we're going to see them watching a movie. And what like are right. they going to something? Maybe we'll get some conversation. They, about it. They'll be watching a movie. They won't be sharing a bed like they usually are. They'll be on they'll, the chair. Yeah, they'll be in completely <laughs> separate sections of the room. This is what's going to happen. Uh, the Appearance. teaser The teaser opens. Uh, <laughs> she's in the director's chair, and Dawson is like on a beanbag or something in the other corner of the room, and they're going to be watching a classically romantic movie like Casablanca or something like that, mm-hmm. and um, they're not going to like want to like meet each other's eyes. Like the, It says, the end, and the movie closes, right. and Dawson is going to be staring straight forward and going to be like, so what did you think? And then she's going to be like, I don't know, what did you think? And he's going to be like, well, I don't know, what do you think? And then it's going to be like, ha, 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 awkward chatter. One jumps out of the window, and then we get into, I don't want to wait for our lives to be <laughs> I feel but, like at some point they need to watch When Harry Met Sally because there's like that will they won't they with them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was going to say sat- Saturday is their movie night, right? Oh. Don't they usually watch movies on Saturdays? Yeah, Saturday is not that hard. <laughs> so after detention, do you think <gasps> Ooh. Mm. See, right. 
I think instead of watching a classic romantic film in our next, ep- in episode eight's opening, I think instead what we're going to get is they're going to be watching Dawson's movie. Oh. All of them oh. together are going to be, all four of them are going to be together because we have to oh, have okay. a come together moment after this hugely mm. emotional yeah. split mm-hmm. episode. So I think we're going to get a really awkward uh, opening there where they're all watching this film and then it's like credits roll or whatever, the, the scene that they're watching ends and it's like, Joey's like, oh, well, I got to get back to what she excuses herself so that we don't get a chance to talk about Uh, it. And everybody just has to kind of vacate the premises. So we continue to keep mm -hmm. this tension going Mm -hmm. for, I don't know, maybe four more episodes until episode (laughs) 12. (laughs) But you're probably right. I mean, fuck, they accelerate this season so much. They're going to be getting married next week for all we know. (laughs) Also, I want to talk about Jen. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I love her monologue. Yeah, so like her, I love Michelle Williams. I think she's a really brilliant actor just in general. Yeah. And it makes sense that she's in like every other Kelly Reichardt movie and like having these like really deep personal characters with like a lot of baggage and crying a lot. And so it's, it's a lot. Like she has right. to mm-hmm. do this like a lot. I mean, it makes sense that she was cast in, uh, what's like her big breakout like film role was Brokeback Mountain, right? Mm. And like through that, she's put through the ringer. So like that makes sense. I'm scared because the first time she had to do one of these monologues, I was like, oh my God, Michelle Williams is so good. Like, this is great. Then she did it again. And it's like, wow, Mm. Michelle Williams, like killing it, still pretty good. But I'm getting scared that, (laughs) do we have to end every episode or every other episode now with her giving an emotional (laughs) crying monologue? And it's always about Dawson being Mm -hmm. the best. Like it always ends with her being like, and Dawson, that's why you are Mr. God tier, Mr. Man. (laughs) Her godsend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just think it's a problem of writing and filmmaking in general. It's like you want, like, I like melodrama and I like big emotional moments, but if every episode has the exact same emotional big moment, then what are you working towards? It, it feels flat. Like, at yeah. first it was strong, mm-hmm. but now it's like, holy shit, are we going to get this exact same monologue every episode? Uh, Jen is, something has to happen for her to, like, break out of this rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Depressing. I feel like we will get to see that in our next episode. I really feel like we're going to get um, some gen development coming up soon. This is also New York mention number five. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think Jen mentions it herself. So that might be the first time that she's herself has mentioned it. This is the one where she finally says, I'm swinging here, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. She's like, I don't know if everyone just hates me because I'm from New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's happening in New York in 1998. <laughs> um. The the other thing was just that, like, so frustrating watching Dawson, like, be so fixated on the sex stuff when Jen has been so clear that she wants to take things slow and he's, like, so hung up on it and so insecure about it. It's like, I understand it logically, like, you know, mm-hmm. if someone's not having sex with you and you're, like, their partner and that, that sounds, sounds hard for him, sure. but, like... And he even acknowledges it at one point when he's Mm -hmm. talking. He's like, I know that um, you have said you want to take it slow and I don't want you to think that I'm that guy. But it's like, okay, then what? What's and what's happen- the point? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. yeah just it felt like there yeah. was a but coming, and he yeah. definitely he doesn't say but, but mm-hmm. he might as well say but. I really want to have sex with. Well, you. Like, but I think about it one thousand times a day. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like that's it. That's the end of the explanation. Yeah. So it's like, okay. yeah, and it's really fucking annoying when we are on episode seven and it feels like every single interaction that Jen and Dawson has had has been Jen being like, Hey, I have 
some baggage around physical intimacy that I need to express mm-hmm. to you. And Dawson's like, I totally understand. <laughs> oh my God, I get it. I get it. No, you don't even need to say anymore. And then the next scene is like, hey, my dick is hard. I need to rub it on something and it better be you or I'm going to be angry. It's like, wait, what the fuck? We just talked about this. And he is awful. Yeah. I cut that hair. God, I know. When do you think we're going to get a Dawson haircut? You know, every character has like a moment where their style changes from Ooh, what, how they... It might be next season. Sometimes season they two? do style changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you think beginning he's going to come in seasons, with so. some like Liberty Spikes? <laughs> it's going to be like SLC punk up in did this you, shit. <laughs> did you get the quote about the Oompa Loompa? Oompa Loompa. Uh, I don't think every, I did. Every insecurity oh, I have about yeah. myself oh, exists did, yes. inside those two words. I did. Okay. Actually, yeah, let's play through this because I actually kind of think this is a sweet moment here. Let's play this. This is Dawson's trigger. Okay, that whole Oompa Loompa thing. Oh, the love of God, Dawson. You've blown that thing so far out of proportion. Maybe I have, all right? But you don't understand. You don't get it. There's two words, Oompa Loompa. I hate those words. Right? It's like every insecurity I have about myself exists inside those two words, all right? When you call me that, it's like you're exposing me. Thoughts? Everyone, um, when I watched this episode, as soon as I finished, I did uh, <laughs> oh, cut yes. Dawson's face and put it on an Oompa Loompa's body. So we will be posting that. We'll post it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I th- it's just uh, toxic masculinity. A, a big thing with that is being afraid to be vulnerable. And Dawson is terrified of being called an Oompa Loompa because he associates it with people. Yeah. With him having to reveal himself. Uh our queer reading of the show, that could be one thing. He's afraid of the world finding that out. But his other fear, the virginity and his sexual prowess not being what he wants other people to think is the other thing. And yeah, I mean, if he just like opened up about it and talked about it, we wouldn't have a TV show and everyone would be fine. But instead, uh, Dawson is our main character and we have to, we have to follow this through. He's an Oompa Loompa. (laughs) I still like uh, when this, when this episode did end, I asked, I, I was having a hard time wrapping my mind around why Oompa Loompa specifically is the thing that he associates with sexual in- inadequacy it, being placed upon himself. There, there were some comments about him being like sh- small, like short yeah. in a shrimp, like a quote. I think they use the word shrimp when he was younger. Yeah. So he had a gross spurt. So maybe he was just like, just that, a that's short, what I'm associating. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I got from they it is that some... he was like, had a gro- maybe he had a gross spurt, but like he was. I, I actually capped the audio of Pacey uh, initially dis- explaining this okay. to, to to Jen if we want to hear this really quick. Uh, it does use some, let's say, non-PC language mm-hmm. for today's standards, but let's just take a listen to this. Just fair warning on that. I used to call him Oompa Loompa. What's that? From Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> Green midgets used to stir the chocolate? <laughs> no way. Hey, guys. What? Right. So that yeah. totally leads lends credence to what you're saying, Mal. It's because mm-hmm. that he was potentially a small, physically underdeveloped, quote unquote, child. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he reads he used that to stir chocolate around. Who, he just <laughs> yeah. He had a sweet tooth. All right. Um, was he green? <laughs> yeah, maybe. So I think that um, I, I I totally agree with you though, Cody. This is kind of this is a multi layered potential reading on this but i i kind of feel like there's something relatable in this in his moment here about talking about being triggered by something that is on the surface completely inconsequential and that maybe everybody feels like we're just 
joking. Like, why can't you take a joke? Well, because maybe it has deeper implications for somebody. And ultimately, like you're saying, being vulnerable is kind of like the answer across the board. If you feel a certain, if you are having a physical or emotional response to a word, the only way that you can kind of really move past that is to articulate what that is doing to you, to the people who are doing it to you, right? Otherwise, it's just going to continue to happen. So I felt like there was kind of like a nice message in this scene and the way that they handled this um, that that I enjoyed. It kind of felt wholesome. It felt like we wrapped up the moral of the episode kind of nicely, even if it was like a side story kind of a thing. Yeah, and it's also good to, it's, you rarely see friendships between men or boys in this situation um, actually having a genuine moment yeah. together mm-hmm. and uh, like figuring out their conflict and, realizing that their friendship means something it usually is just like yeah well all right bro like yo we're family and then it yeah. turns into fast and furious it's like let's just go like blow something up together and that'll be our right. masculine well, let's find a identity. woman to objectify yeah so this them just like coming to mutual terms with each other and recognizing the faults that they have within each other and like wanting to come out of that it's good it was like nice and refreshing to see it was especially in a show that is so filled with this like questionable view of masculinity, which I feel like is kind of ultimately what we're supposed to be reflecting on as a modern viewing audience is like as, as men, I should say, what are they portraying on, on the, the, the role of like the, the heter the heterosexual heteronormative male. Mm -hmm. I feel like both characters are really showing a, a good glimpse at at least what my experience was like back in that time. Sure. Um, it's, it's interesting to see. It's probably not what they intended, but it's interesting to see now. Uh, final thought for me. Um, are you asleep? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you just wake up? Listeners at home. Before you nod off. just got out of bed. (laughs) She, yeah, she heard me start talking and she's like, fuck it, I'm going back to bed. See ya. (laughs) So sorry. I'm so tired. Um, (laughs) okay, so it's okay. I have that effect on people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think before we recorded today, we were talking amongst the four of us about the lack of Nelly. Yeah. Yeah. And if like Abby might be kind of like taking her role, Mm -hmm. there was a moment at the end where Abby, uh, goes up to Miss Tringle and it's like, you have such pretty eyes. (laughs) Uh And, and, I for a minute I was like I swear this is this teacher Miss Tringle is the same teacher that is in Clueless yeah. and I like went and checked and it's not but it was like the same they have yes. the same kind of like hair totally and, and she takes the glasses yes, off yes, and she's yes. like oh you have such pretty eyes yeah. yes yes, okay. yes. I know where I know where you're going <laughs> yeah so that, I was like okay Abby uh-huh. is Nellie is Nellie is Cher Clueless holy shit yes. Yep. Okay. I, I thought the same. Yeah. <laughs> Nellie isn't just a vampire. <laughs> She's a shapeshifting vampire. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because we are, I've been trying to, I even capped the, so you just talked about this, this line between Abby and Mrs. Tringle, the ghost who haunts the library. And I, I called it Abby as a succubus. And let's just take a listen. It's 4 30. You should all be able to go home soon. Mrs. Tringle, oh, you have such pretty eyes. Have you ever thought about wearing contacts? Abby, you don't have to flatter me. You've served your time in detention. Mm-hmm. Succubus. Yep. She's, she's trying so to are succubus. Are they shapeshifters? Succubus? Well, 
not in the traditional sense. If I, I open up Abby's my Necronomicon, also, <laughs> I think Abby's also John Bender and Claire Standish from Breakfast Club. <laughs> Yeah. I like that. So they she extends into the real world as well, not just the world of Capeside. I also think Abby might be a mummy. Uh-oh. <laughs> a <kidding>. mummy. <laughs> Is she so dusty? <laughs> <laughs> no. I just I just want to we got to incorporate more universal monsters. I know. This, you know? Oh, totally. I know there's a there's a definite theme of universal monsters and why why can't we work in the Wolfman? Well, is that the end of our episode? Does anybody have any so. final... There's so much that happens in this episode. Ooh, I feel like we yeah. could continue talking for like four more hours mm-hmm. and still be thinking of things. But any final thoughts? Do the final review. Let's do it. Yeah. Who wants to go first? I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to give this up a five creeks. Wow. Oh, yeah. Out of five creeks. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought this episode was pretty perfect. Um, it, yeah, and I, and I, I said this at the beginning, but just the, like, the, the wave of nostalgia that hit me seeing it was like mm-hmm. so fun because it was just like, yeah, I had so many memories of watching this episode and loving it as a kid and that felt really fun and special. But yeah, you know, this, I feel like they, um, they do a really good job of uh, leading us on and uh, leaving us wanting more. Mm-hmm. It's chomping at the bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go along with the five as well. Five creeks for me. Um, I loved it. Uh, we're finally getting some new characters introduced. Um, I've heard that Abby sticks around for a while, so I'm sure she will start shaking things up a bit for the core four. I'll take a picture. <laughs> um, I hope Grant is a passing fever. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, we never saw him after Joey's punch, so maybe he suffered some head trauma and he's in a coma. And God, I think we he got, can all hope. Yeah, maybe he got punched <laughs> to death. But yeah, I loved it. It was fun. What's your rating? I said five. Oh, you said, yeah. oh, okay. I didn't hear the actual okay. number. I'm sorry. Are we keeping track of our ratings? Yes, actually, you can go to freaksandcreeks.com backslash ratings, and I have written up a nice uh, chart that keeps track of all of our ratings by episode with an average rating from the host as well as individual ratings, and you can find out what what we think is the best episode of Dawson's Creek by average or uh, by episode. That's awesome. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. Ah, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I am going to actually just, this is really crazy because I'm actually going to give this a five out of five as well. This so far (laughs) is my absolute favorite episode. It's been incredible to watch. It's been really fun. It's been (laughs) like, it, it, it really kept me interested the entire time. Um, I know that there is a lot of stuff that they could have done better. It is very referential as we've talked about. It doesn't feel like it's really treading new ground. Um, some of it is a little bit lazy, but at the same time, I didn't really care. It was the first time watching Dawson's Creek where I didn't feel like I wished that they had done something different. I felt like I understood why they made the choices they made. It resulted in a really fun episode. There wasn't anything extremely problematic, which is such a nice change of pace. I would love it if there were more episodes where they weren't trying to have a minor have sex with an adult 
or <laughs> anything otherwise problematic. So more episodes like this, please. It felt almost like a cozy mystery, which I would love if they do a cozy mystery. So five out of five, best episode so far. I will agree that this is probably the best episode so far. Uh, I'm going to be the only one that's not giving it a perfect <laughs> score. Uh, I give it a four out of five. I mean, the writing is so much more tight and the characters actually feel lived in and real and it like all of the decisions and things that they do match who I think I know who these characters are. And this is, this really feels like the opposite of hurricane where people were just like doing stuff for no reason just to create drama. So love the character beats. Um, I, I just, I just think there's a difference between homage versus ripping off in in okay in Requiem for a Dream, there's a shot of Jennifer Connelly in the bathtub and she screams, and you're like, "Wow, that's a great shot!" And then you later find out it's like, "Oh, it's from the anime Perfect Blue," and you're like, "Oh, that's a cool little homage, that's cool. a little homage." This is just like the exact same beat for beats and <laughs> like just scene stealing from Breakfast Club, and I know what they're doing, but it's like <laughs> you could have figured out a different way to do it. It's cute and fine; it doesn't hurt anything. It's I just think it's um, whatever, but. Uh, love Abby Morgan. She's the star of the show. She is the best thing that's ever happened uh, in general to cinema. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think she rules and I can't wait to see what mischief uh, she creates later. Four out of five. So I heard a whole lot of um, petitioning to get your movie card back. So I would just like to question uh, the other hosts. Do we think that Cody has earned his movie card back? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's a no from Stella. Mal? I'm staying out of it. <laughs> uh, I uh, am going to, I have a no vote in this one as well. So sorry, wow. Cody, you continue to not have your movie card for one more week. I'm so sorry. I guess I don't have any recommendations. This week. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, on that note, let's move on to recommendations. I can go. Um, I'm going to recommend an Instagram account. Uh, it's called Cookie and Mo. That's C O O K I. Oh my gosh, I'm starting over. C O O K I E A N D M O E. What's that spell? Cookie and Mo. If you love dogs, if you love cats, this is the account for you. <laughs> okay, so some of you might be familiar with my favorite murder. Uh, one of the hosts, Georgia Hardstark, she is um, a wonderful lady and um, has many pets. And in the last year, she, after one of her cats died, it was very sad, she got this cute little pup. And then shortly after that, she got another cat. She already has two other cats. So now she has three cats and a dog. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I have to do math. <laughs> <laughs> the dog and the cat were, I think, adopted within like a couple months of each other, maybe. And um, they're both young. And so they've grown up together and are bonded. And she just posts like a ton of videos that are so cute of them playing and just being so like fun and sweet. And it just makes me so happy whenever I see one of those videos. It warms my heart. And um, yeah, give it, give it a little follow. I love nothing more than like unlikely animal friendships. It's one of my favorite things. I'll go next. Um, My recommendation is an Instagram and YouTube account called Pasta Grannies. Spelled P-A-S-T-A-G-R-A-N-N-I-E-S. Pasta Grannies. Um, (laughs) 
So <laughs> here it is. Finding and filming Italian grannies who make traditional Italian handmade pasta dishes in their homes. So it's, yeah, this is adorable. Um, each video is usually a different granny or group of them who are friends. <laughs> Most of them are in their 80s or 90s. Uh, I think the oldest one they've done so far is 101 years oh old. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's the most wholesome, adorable thing that I've ever seen. I'm looking it up right the, now. So, so the in, each YouTube video? So, just them? Yeah. So the, the Instagram videos are a little abbreviated, but um, on YouTube, at the beginning of each video, they introduce themselves in the dish, and it's all in Italian with subtitles. Um, they introduce the dish they're about to make and then they chat in Italian throughout the video while they're making the dish. (laughs) And they talk about like maybe the history of it, of the dish in their family or like the ingredients in the region that they're in. It's amazing. That's really cool. Stoked. Yep. Do you have any suggestions for like your favorite episode so far? (laughs) Uh, well, the one with the 101 year old granny is adorable. And then there's another, there's like a series of three that are friends and they've done like a few of them, but yeah, just Check them all out. They're, they're great. Uh, I know I'm not allowed to talk about movies, but <laughs> let's just let this be the last movie I talk about for <laughs> a, a week. Um, my recommendation is a movie called We're All Going to the World's Fair. It was written and directed by Jane uh, Showbrun. Uh, it premiered last year at Sundance. It's like a slow burn art house, like horror character drama. Uh, it's about a lonely teenage girl named Casey who starts participating in a creepy pasta MMORPG called the World's Fair Challenge on social media, and she befriends another stranger online. And it's a really unique. Uh, it's really unique in how it presents the narrative. It uses like the POV of phone and laptop cameras and screen captures. So the mileage may vary for those kind of aesthetics, but like so many coming of age dramas are really derivative and beat for beat. So something like this like really feels unique in how it's presented and it captures adolescent loneliness and that search for community in like such a different way than I've seen. And it felt really refreshing. And the young star Anna Cobb is like really magnetic and does a phenomenal job of carrying pretty much like the whole movie on her back throughout the entire performance. And Shobran has like a much needed voice in the space. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more of their work. And uh, if you like the, the musician Alex G, he does the score and it really emphasizes the like sadness that permeates the movie. It's super good. If, if that's like your kind of thing, you should definitely check this movie out. I Googled this while you were talking about it. It looks really stylistic and cool. It is. It's really uh, weird. I'm sure you're seeing the poster with like the um, glow in the dark yes. paint. Yeah. It's like, I, I can't like no spoilers, but there's a part where people like have to like really participate to be a part of the oh, creepy pasta. Cool. And it's uh really depressing <laughs> but it's it's great that sounds it's, great <laughs> it's it's really cool i feel like i don't know it's just like so many indie you hear like indie coming of age drama and it's like okay it's cool it's gonna be about a heterosexual boy like right. dawson and um it's gonna about be about like their first love and you're like okay we've seen that eight billion times but this being like it's like a 13 year old girl and she has no friends and the only friends that she makes is like through the internet and we're like our culture is very internet forward these days. So it's like this movie does feel like very online, but there's nothing else like it. And Mm -hmm. I know like a lot of people will watch this and be like, wow, nothing happened. And it's very slow. It's like, yeah, sure. But there aren't any movies like this right now. So it's cool. People should watch things that challenge themselves and uh, they're not used to. That's a good point. And uh, I guess on that note, I will go ahead and recommend uh, something you guys probably haven't heard me talk about this before, but um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. 
<laughs> Who are they? <laughs> They're a really cool Australian psychedelic rock band. They've got 20 albums. They're incredible. Um, if you enjoy my world-building antics and what I get up to, you should really check out this band because that's basically their whole premise. Um, but uh, beyond that, uh, I don't actually have a recommendation. My recommendation this week is uh, insert your own, fill in the blank. You recommend something to me. But in reality, you should just go start a podcast with your friends. It's the best thing that you could do. It's really fun. Releasing it is really cool. And getting to connect with random strangers online who you probably would never interact with uh, or or meet and have them hear your private thoughts that <laughs> you forget that you say as soon as they leave your mouth. But then they're immortalized forever. It's really cool. So if you do that, go ahead and uh, send it our way. We would love to take a listen and check it out because it's great. Right, everybody? Yeah. Uh-huh. Can we play uh, Jen Scream? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that will never not be my favorite. Music um, to my ears. But also, I feel like um, in the last week or so, sometimes all I can hear in my head is Mr. Leary no. saying, I choose to hate you now. Oh, man. <laughs> That's Speaking a perfectly of, normal thing to hear. I just head. hear it all the time. I agree. It is something that weirdly pops into my head more often than I would probably like to admit. It's just like a whenever I kind of find myself feeling angry, I will just kind of think like, I choose to hate you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So scary. <sighs> all right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe to our show. I'm sure you've already done it, but if you'd like to, you can join us as we continue to set sail through Dawson's Creek one episode at a time. If you want more of our Freaks content, please visit our website at freaksandcreeks.com. You can find us online at Freaks and Creeks Pod, or you can write us an email at show at freaksandcreeks.com. Otherwise, until next time, bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.